Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Run Fest on Raw Dog Product Comedy Hits Channel 99. Ryan and Fez show on a Tuesday, and that means two for Tuesday. Anytime you hear a rock block, there'll be two songs going in the next rock block Sticks, then Stones. Get it? Sticks and Stones. That's 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 good. Thank Michelle. you. Michelle, remember, Michelle is always here to rhyme for us. I have math rhyme. skills. Now, there <laughs> is. A gigantic unmasked to announce today. Also, uh, is the Easter egg start the show today, Chris? Easter egg starts the show. And what are we giving out? It's a giant prize. Yeah, that's right. We're giving out the best of George Thurgood, signed by George Thurgood. (laughs) What? That fucking name that you said at the end. Slowly, Shabos, take your time and go find it, so you can hear for yourself. How you said that. And I don't want to... I'll just say special ed. But you said... Gur, gur, <laughs> I took some coding cough syrup this morning. Just and to, that's an excuse to not do your job? No, it's not an excuse. I'm just saying that might be a reason as to why that came out that way. <laughs> we have a major Fez announcement. <sighs> oh, God. Uh, coming up. And also a major unmasked announcement. And this is one of Michelle's. You book this one. I... Uh... Sure. And what's the date on the unmasked? It's Wednesday, October 15th. Wednesday, October 15th. Uh, all the information will be up on the Interabang, your way to get tickets. Did you want to see what it says? I, I saw a date, and I was like, what is that date? But it's good. Isn't this the correct date? Yes. Uh, everything's correct. It'll be huge Wednesday, October 15th, and the star of That Unmasked, which will be held at Caroline's Comedy Club. The Caroline's. On Broadway. They'll show the neon lights so bright. On Broadway. On Broadway. That's will be the theme of the night. <laughs> you going to play that? Caroline's Comedy Club, the one and only Dane Cook. <laughs> Dane Whoa! Cook will be with us. So head immediately to the uh, Interabang to put your tickets in. So since this will be a 
Caroline's, you will not be limited to the usual number of two. If you like to put together a party, please help yourself. Seven to ten. But uh, that's next Wednesday, October 15th, 3 p.m., Caroline's on Broadway. On Broadway. Are you even familiar with that song, Chris Stanley? No. Oh, God. You got to understand something about Chris. He's got his own kind of rock, you know? (laughs) He rocks his own way. Metal. He's all about the metal. Lost Slayer. There's not a lot of metal songs about Broadway. I, I'm Isn't assuming. that sad? Yeah. And yet those those metal singers, most of them are As- sing like Broadway guys. Right. They aspire to and rather are uh, theatrical. Do you think most of those guys are trained in that kind of singing? Yeah. Trained I mean, classically? Um, uh, no. I, <laughs> no. Because uh, some of them, like uh, the Skid Row guy went over and did Broadway. Uh, I don't know his name is Simon something or is it uh, is it Twisted Sister? I just gave you that is Sid <laughs> Skid Row. Are you are you able to do this show? Do I need to move you? No, I'm, I'm into right here. Another room, Chris. I need people to bounce off of, and you're not bouncy today. You're laying there like a wet quaalude. All I want to do is bounce, Ron. That's all, all right, I want to do, Jesus. like a Super Bowl. Seriously, dude, so fucked up. Uh, Sean in Strong Island, you are ready to play. It's the Ron and Fez On Demand Easter Egg Contest. The only on-demand contest in the world. Why? Because Ron and Fez love you. That's why. Uh, Sean, we're giving away a uh, sign, George Googoogoog. Uh, what is that phrase that pays? Bing! There it goes. Congratulations! You're another Ron and Fez Easter Egg On Demand winner! It's that simple. You go to the On Demand, uh, you play it, and at some point, an Easter egg will pop up, giving you the phrase that pays for the next morning. Shelby, reach into that prize closet blindly and pull out a prize for tomorrow. How about MASH, season one, signed by Alan Alda? Wow. That's a fucking collector's item, you know? Something happens to Alan Alda, you'll have that, you know? This is perfect because Christmas is coming up. Oh, and it's you a could, perfect time. Yeah, you win these, you know, once in a lifetime prizes. You know, and you give them to well, you give them other to a people. loved one. I give them to a loved one. You love people. Yeah, the, you have small kids for Christmas, right? I I got them for Christmas this year. Is that right? No, that's nice. Do, is Christmas a big thing with you, or you, you um, take it easy on them? Well, we don't we don't celebrate. I'm kidding. Because yes. you're a Christian scientist? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're Christmas scientists. I forget which religions do not Jewish. celebrate. No, also the people that come around to your house. Though, those those uh, Jehovah, Jehovah Witnesses. Jehovah. Yeah. yeah, they don't celebrate their birthdays. Uh, and they do not celebrate Christmas. And when in school, none of them will take second lunch. It has to be first <laughs> lunch or nothing. It's bullshit. Yeah. 
Remember, like, no matter what lunch you got, you were pissed off? Like, my school is first, second, or third lunch. Like, that's a period of time? Yeah. Okay. Because if your school is so big that everyone can't fit in the cafeteria. Oh, that's right. You went to one room schoolhouse out in. In in Montana. In Montana. Yes. We we had uh, two rooms. What? Oh. We had five lunch periods. Really? And if you got the early one, you were really pissed. Like, it's 11.20. Why don't want to have lunch right now? Or if you have the last lunch, you just left for the day. Yeah. Well, that's when I would... Yeah, that would be nice. Well, you had two rooms in your schoolhouse? <laughs> Boys' room and a girls' room. Right. And we had to wear coverings. Overalls. But they were covered. Now, why did you have to wear that? Because um, you didn't want the boys to see your breast? Correct. Good. Good idea. Um, I went, my preschool that I went to was called Seventh Heaven uh, Preschool. No! And, um, oh, no. Was Stephen Collins your... Stephen Collins... Or is it Stephen? No. Well, Stephen is a girl's name, isn't it? Stephanie. Oh. Stephen Collins, the father oh, of Seventh, seventh Heaven. Heaven. I'd like to see um, your smiling faces. He... Like some young. And now here's the deal that surprises me. So his wife, now a strained wife, takes him to the therapist and says, open up about your problem of liking children. And he says it in the therapist office and she's running fucking tape. She's wearing a wire and doing a fucking gossip column out of there. (laughs) All right. So you're mad at the wife? No, I mean, I am. First of all. It's it's a sickness, and I I am I hate it so much. Yeah. However, he was trying to get help. This woman is a a, a, a cunt. So you're against no, I'm the against, woman. I'm against him too. Like I, I I, but he was trying to get help. I just why would you do that? I get well, to, that he to pissed sell, you off to but, sell it to TMZ. Okay, so yeah, I'm I'm sticking with cunt. Uh, Chris, where are you on this? Uh, I'm so goddamn shocked. I used to watch Seventh Heaven a lot with you my would. mom, and this would have killed, if she weren't already passed away, this would have just done her in because she loved this guy and she loved that show. Why did I'm, she love him? I have no idea. I was freaked out when I saw this. I, I was I'm so still freaked, freaked out. out. Me too. I watched the show and I used to think, I hope he doesn't touch those children. <laughs> I even back then I had a gut feeling. Wow, like yeah. a third eye. Now here's the deal. That in California, you're allowed to tape someone without no. them knowing no. it if a, they say violent felony is involved. But from what I read, it didn't... Oh, it's so awful. It's so awful. It doesn't sound like it was violent, though. It was awful. So what do you mean that well, it doesn't sound a, like it was violent? Well, it's not a violent felony. Felon? Is that what you said? Yeah. So I've never heard a woman come out on I the side of the so, KT. No, no. You just wow. hate rats. I I hate rats. Yeah. Well, I think you know. I mean, first of all, I'm disgusted by your, you know, <laughs> love for KTs. But on the other hand, I do understand. Like, why would anyone go to a therapist now and ask for help when it's basically walk like walking into a police station right. and saying arrest me? I. It almost is like at the. Um, the end of seven, where he just walks in <laughs> with the blood on his hands. Not to be confused was, with seven hands. I always thought uh, therapists and lawyers, you can say whatever you want and it's fine. You can get. It, you know. Here's what I looked at from finding out about this. If you have 
uh, a third party there, right? Okay. Then you throw out the thing. So the therapist didn't tape him. No. The other person taped him. You know, you know once there is a third party, it defeats privilege. Really? Yes. So never go and get help with your loved one. Period. Right. Go to couples counseling one at a time. Right. Not I, together. I don't want to say this in front of her. Yeah. It's a First foul. of all, yeah, there should be a shakedown. You know, <laughs> just pat that person down before. Ugh. Come on in, Rich. Rich Foss, everybody. Rich Voss. I don't want to take your seat. Don't you worry about a thing. Hi. Hi. You're, you're a you? big... You're I'm Michelle. How are you? I'm Rich. Hi. Uh, you're a big star, and you have every right to come in at any time and take any seat you need to take. Did you I, need this just, seat? No, no. I, just, I think it's kind of rude that she's... Sta- don't worry about a thing. The, the, right now, Shelby is scrambling the interns to get even more seats for everyone. Even more seats. Shelby's not just sitting there like an idiot. He's not on... What drug are you on today? Coating cough syrup. Yeah, so he, you... We see why you're flat-footed. But, Rich, we're just talking about the father from Seventh Heaven um, went into the, the counseling, said that he was a kid-toucher. The wife was running a tape at the time and sold it to TMZ. And this ruins my idea, Seventh Heaven, 2015. This show that I've been pitching <laughs> oh, no. to the networks. Yeah, what would he be like as a grandfather? Could you leave the kids Let's get with the him? kids with the grand? Yeah. No. Well, he just went and said to his wife, "Hey, listen, can uh, you put on little shorts and a?" I mean, he, like, had, well, uh, that would be one thing, but he actually did. He didn't just have the fantasy about touching kids. He actually went all the way through. Well, then he should go to jail. Right. But he's in the therapist office being taped. And the point Michelle brought up, who was totally on the side of child molesters, yes. is why would anyone try to get help now if you. You could get busted for it. But, and, but it, since when are therapists allowed to tape you? That's against the law. The, the wife did it. The wife was with him, and she taped. Uh, it's like if Bonnie wore a wire while you were talking in your sleep. Yeah, but then all it would say is, please move out. <laughs> That's all you'd hear. And you weren't say, really asleep. See? No, he wasn't asleep. But why would the wife send him? Uh, God, She sold it to TMZ. She made a little TMZ money for herself. What do you think somebody can get for that? I'm sure six figures. No. I'm sure. Yeah. Really? For one story? Yeah. For kid story. touching? Easy. Kid touching is big. This is the number one story in the country, and TMZ has done it again. They do it time and time again. Ugh. You know, like, in the old days, it would be like National Enquirer. And people would look at that, and they would go... Oh, this is kind of a funny story. Probably most of it's made up. No one ever accuses TMZ of that. If it breaks on TMZ, every news organization in the world will pick up that story. But people don't always tell the truth in therapy. <laughs> they don't. All right, that's Why an interesting thing. About, um, touching in, like so because touch more. M- maybe, maybe that's his fantasy, and he. What would happen if he? I'm, I'm listen. Right. I am against. Ki- I got kids, so don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. If you're a kid toucher, right. Then you go to jail. But everything you say in therapy isn't true. You know that. People sit and brag in therapy a little bit. Or, yeah. Make up stories about themselves. What kind of therapy do you guys go to? Well, Well, 
because people are scared sometimes to tell the truth and they embellish or they or they hide. So I'm, I'm just. But a lot of times, if you're losing the therapist, you try to amp the story up. But a lot of people, you know what I mean? Particularly funny people tell a story in a better way, a more hands, enhanced way than it happened. You really need therapy if you're yeah. going to therapists. That's the point. I mean, you're going to say, I'm a therapy. And I'm not crazy. That's your your point, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. I implore you, <laughs> let the father from seventh heaven. No, no, no. I'm because, not saying that he oh, should be let go. And here's another thing too. Yeah. He, we don't know. Two weeks earlier, the therapist said, "You know what? You seem okay. You seem like you got your life together. Maybe you don't need to come anymore." So he goes in there, going, "I have to go. What else am I going to do? This guy thinks I'm good. So I'm going to go in and go, hey." I'm a kid toucher. You know what? Right. Another year. You know what okay. I would say this? <laughs> okay. I would say this. No. Rich Voss jailhouse lawyer is what I'm saying. A guy who understands the law without going to law school. Yes. I'm Even like a, more impressive. I'm like a profiler. I've watched all those shows. But you don't know what happened two weeks before. Right. Okay. Cut before cut. It's just like it's just like these people that blog and journalists, they take everything out of out of context. Right. It you needs know. to be in context. You know. So you don't know what he said before. I like touching kids. Yeah. He could have right before that he could have saw said, "Hey, I saw this movie the other night called I Like Touching Kids." Right. But his wife cut all that out, and boom. Yeah, so right. you know, you know. So what I'm I mean? going to read you one quote. We'll see how we got there. My penis looks so large in her little hands. <laughs> what do you I think could have been said the before then? <laughs> what could have been the setup to that? You know. He would go. We were playing parlor games. Okay, these were parlor games. <laughs> okay, you know, you guys. That's the problem, right? With the media, right? Well, you're the media too now. True. Yeah. Okay, but I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus until I have them and talk to them. If I had. First of all, I don't even know the show. Second of all, if I had the guy from Seven Heaven, I go, all right, come clean. What happened? Right. And that's good. That's that, that's, that's amazing. No one thought to that. You know what I mean? You would. You are a profiler, though. Well, you are. TMZ is buying this because hey, this is a story. But what happens if it backfires? Yeah. I'm just being devil's Who, advocate. Who's is it, that the word? Yes. Okay. Who who's it going to backfire on? Who could it possibly? The wife. The, the wife. wife. You know a disgruntled wife mm. who's like, well, fine. Listen to me. Yeah. Why do you bring your wife into therapy anyhow? This is marriage counseling. I think it was. Well, I think it was. And she was like, tell that problem that you think you have, honey. And then when he was telling that she was going like this, louder. And into my sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> Talk into my sleeve. Do you like my new perfume? <laughs> oh, it's, uh, but this is a big deal because one of the little kids on that show grew up to marry Justin Timberlake, right? Yeah, she was like, yeah, she was like the older sister. So he definitely must have molested her. I mean, why wouldn't he? Was it boys or girls? Beautiful. Yeah. Was beautiful. Was it boys or girls? I think it was girls. Well, you yeah. got to give him some lead. Away. Okay, see, that's the thing. That <laughs> almost sounds anti-gay. Shelby, did you find that thing that Chris said earlier? All right, let's let's hear it. Yeah, that's right. We're giving out the best of George, they're good. Oh, yeah, God. that's right. We're giving out the best of George, they're this good. Is your, this is a reason that you should not be on the radio. Oh, I haven't announced the Fez news yet. So, 
uh, last night Fez got a new stent in his heart. Uh, in a part of his heart that had never been blocked before. He had 90% blockage. Oh, my God. And the it's his 11th stent in his heart. He is just stuck together He's like the, an arts and crafts project. It's like a turkey chicken. It's not what they call when you do time in prison. You did. <laughs> That's a stint. That's oh, a stint. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He, one, le- yeah. one letter. Yeah. He got a stint, <laughs> not a stint. Now he. Now for, for, this is the other thing that drives me crazy about him. He throws up on morphine every time. He, That's weird. Yeah. He ca- his stomach cannot handle morphine, so he's puking. And then I always think that his stents are going to burst, Ugh. like a little dam of stents. He's a little Dutch boy. He yeah. Has a and then there. another guy in there had like a massive heart attack while this was happening. You guys would be surprised, like e- even like I've been in the, the waiting room as you wait to go in with that thing or even after. And it looks like a fucking Civil War battlefield. There's just a bunch of fucking dudes laying there. In the hallway, right? Yeah, yeah, all over. Just in a room, fucking elbow to elbow, out in the hallways, just all over the place. Guys' hearts give out like it's nothing. Well, if if you're in the emergency room and you don't want to wait online, say it's your heart. They'll get you in and go, oh, and by the way. I think I have like a kidney stone or something, you know, right. whatever you're going in for. The problem with that, though, is they do all the hard stuff to you while you're in there. Well, what the, what the hell? You get it all yeah. checked. It's a life tip. Here's how I, here's, here's my new scam. Get it all checked. Here's my new scam. Yeah, good. <laughs> good. Here's my new scam. When I think I have an ailment, like my daughter buys these dolls, American Girl, uh-huh. which are like 100 But they, when you go to the American Girl store, they have a beauty salon and a hospital. So I'll go into the hospital with the doll and say she has these uh, <laughs> yeah. symptoms. What could it be? And then when they tell me if it's okay, then I go, oh, great. And I figure my symptoms. You see what I'm saying? Yes, sure. Uh, a clerk at the doll hospital now is really doing all your health stuff. Well, I'll bring in yeah. my, my airport MRI. This is better than Obamacare. <laughs> the airport MRI. My airport MRI. Why can't there be like a physician and they're watching? Yes. People, I don't like the looks of that. Bring yeah. him back. There's a darkness on his lung. I'm not crazy about. See what I'm. Yeah. Can I tell you one more nightmare story? I don't mean to talk yeah. so much, but I got good stories. Yeah. <laughs> this is a true story, and it drove me nuts. I went in to get chest x rays. Uh huh. Okay, so the people that give you x rays, shut your mouth, give me the robe, they take the x ray, boom, I'm out, my dog. So after I take the chest x ray, one of these, not even to take some nerve, whatever she did there, but what is. After I took the, she said, do you smoke? I go, why the fuck would you ask me that after? Why the fuck? What did you ask me that before I took the chest x-ray? Why ask me after? Now, for three days, I'm having a major anxiety attack. What yeah. did she see that she would ask me this? Right? My doctor goes, you're okay. But why, don't ask me after. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, 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 was, I was out of my mind. I got another good story, too. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. What do you have, Rich? Okay, here's the best one. Uh-huh. All right, wait till you hear this one. This is a true one. And then I'll come oh, The last down. one wasn't? That was true. Okay, I mean, good. good. All right. No, that was true. I yeah. Fucking... Okay, so years ago, remember when everybody was getting their AIDS test? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I went to my doctor, 
I got a nice vest. Now, when whenever I go to my doctor, they call, they call me and go, oh, everything's fine, no problem, right? No matter what it is, they don't make me come back in. They go, no problem, came back negative. So I took my AIDS test, and then I get a call, and they go, doctor, uh, they go, can you come in tomorrow? I go, why, why do you want me to come in? What the fuck do you want me to come in for? And my heart dropped because they would, I go, why, why do you want me to come in? They go, because your tooth came in. I, I go, oh, it's the dentist. I didn't hear what doctor. <laughs> because we can't mail you your tooth, stupid. <laughs> what, you know, when the, when the AIDS scare hit, you would go in to get tests, and it would be like, like you were getting your license. Like everybody would just be the lined up. Test. You'd see guys, you know, like, hey, I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> man. I got a real garbage dick. <laughs> I really, I've been living like a fucking lunatic for a long time. And like, instead of saying you don't have AIDS, they just would yell out, you have a new life. Live from <laughs> this point on. Really live. You dodged it. The first, yes. the we'll first, see you in six months. Yeah. The first guy that told me I, I didn't have it, I felt... I was so happy I wanted to kiss him, but he looked like he had it. Yeah. So, <laughs> let me tell you, you're right. When you yeah. when they say, anytime you go to the hospital, they go, you, you know, I had a it. headache for three weeks, just passed. Yeah. Three, I really thought I had something, but I now it's going away. And I tried to talk you out of it. I told you how safe you were. No, you didn't. You tried to make me feel like you were saying how your friend had a tumor or brain cancer. <laughs> that was just like that. I got that's what my friend went through before they found his brain tumor. Oh. So he kept going through different symptoms. I'm like, yeah, I did. Till he made up one, and then he could yell, "Ah!" <laughs> but that now you feel better because you don't have brain cancer. Well, I don't know, but it's going away. The headache yeah, since I started so taking allergy medicine. Else. Yeah. Well, that's what it was. It was an allergy. What's that? What did you just say? I said maybe it went somewhere else. Maybe it went would somewhere you else. Say so that in my you. elbow? I don't know. See, that's what's fucked up about your head. Like, if you have stomach problems, yeah. you go, uh, doctor go, oh, irritable bowel, uh, 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 acid reflux, yeah. you know, anything. And it's, oh, here's some medicine. But when you're dealing with your fucking head, just not a lot. You didn't pull a muscle in your brain. You know what I mean? No. No, it's like one operation, and then even if you live, you're fucking selling, you know, newspapers outside the supermarket. You're that brain. fucking guy who's just a bunch of papers sitting on your lap, selling the people oh. one at a time as they're leaving. What does she do? Yeah, I just it's, sit here. She's is she part of the show? I don't no, know. No, she's finding herself right now. Michelle <laughs> is finding herself. She has a big announcement to make, but not yet. We're not ready. Yeah. I had a brain tumor for real when I was 18 months old. Oh, you beat in 18 months? Yeah. Well, lucky for you, because sometimes that, that stunts your growth. Oh, But wait. in your case... Did. <laughs> You're such a... Did you... So how did you get... What, did, what happened it, it was a... Uh, Montana had, thing? It was a... Uh, Oregon. But um, my... You know, the... F it's fine. It's not going to hurt. It's fine. You're going to be fine. It was... You know, your soft spot grew in funny. And so your my little mom, fontanelle. My little fontanelle. I was going to yeah. say that, but I was like... Mm. Um, and my mom was like, this isn't good, guys. So how'd you, how'd you find that out? American Girl wasn't even open then. You <laughs> was a nurse. So yours hardened too fast? No, it, it grew in like a horn, which explains a lot. Are you Jewish? Um, <laughs> do, do you have a bump on your head now? I have where my fontanelle is. Yeah. It's still a soft, like it's still a little dent. We're not going to go. Around. Is it a dent or is it bump out? It's a. It's they took it out. Oh, they took out that thing. Yeah. Oh fuck. Do you want to touch it? 
<laughs> Do I want to touch it? <laughs> yeah. If it was down there uh, <laughs> with my tongue. But my my headache's gone, so I don't think it... You're it's fine. Not You're much. fine. Oh, you You're know, good. I fucking call Dr. Steve nonstop. He must yeah. fucking hate me. Do you know who Dr. Well, Steve is? No. <laughs> Dr. Steve... I know he's on the radio on Sirius. Okay, I'll have to give him a listen. Steve. That's his last name. I have, and I haven't even responded yet. 20 texts that came in from Dr. Steve last night because I brought his name up. I've oh. got to, I've got to text him back. He's, he's <laughs> on vacation. Yeah, he worries. He gets concerned and he, he thinks there's a problem. Um, he, he, he worries like you are. You're a worrier too, right? You worry about everything. Everything. Cause yeah. you know, look, when something goes wrong in your car, you know, you get, yeah. you could feel when something's not right in your body. Mm-hmm. Obviously, so, so you've never had a major thing done before. For all the things that you've imagined, never, going I've you. never, I, not. Uh, That's there's not no wood, wood here. Uh, that I've never had any surgery in my life. So not then why one. are you worried? Because if I get headaches all of a sudden for three weeks, I had a pain in my neck. Then it's probably and, stress. No, the doctor said I had a like a muscle spasm or something. I, I think when I got this tattoo, I pinched a nerve Ugh. or something. I don't know. But do you know that all Fez's heart problems come from worrying about his heart? The doctors are saying, you've got to stop worrying because it's bad for your heart. And that makes him worry even more. And he actually blames this. And he's not, he's, I'll just say from his point of view, he means it. He blames this on Twitter haters. This last thing. The Twitter haters have made him feel so bad that his heart blocked up. (laughs) You know, here's, I know a way to solve that Mm -hmm. is... Don't go on Twitter. I know. But I, I know what he's saying because they're fucking animals and they, they act like they, you know, I know you take it personally, yeah. you know, but here's the thing. If someone writes a bad review about you or someone writes a good review, it's the same thing. It's just their dumb opinions. Right? Right. Oh, absolutely. You should not take in the good or the bad. You should just move along through life. Just That's it. Dane Cook is the next unmasked. That's at uh, Caroline's. Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, October 15th at 3 p.m. at Caroline's Comedy Club in New York City. Go to the iBang.com to find out how to get tickets. Oh, fucking Dane, man. He's great. He was in, he's in our movie, Women Women Aren't Funny. He was great. He the sat, movie's doing fantastic, too. Yeah, I, we're getting such good reviews and everything. Mm-hmm. But just, don't take them in. That's just somebody's yeah, opinion. Just look at the bolt. Yeah, just look. Yeah. yeah. Women aren't all funny. Bo- yeah. And Dane sat with us. I mean, this is in L.A. Came to our hotel and sat with us for over an hour. He, and, and this was in the peak of his busyness. Right. You know, and That's he just great. was a, a great guy. That's terrific. Um, here is, uh, let's go over here to Dave. Dave, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Listen, man, Rich, no, relax, man. That headache you were suffering from. Yeah. It's called your act. We've been suffering from it for years. See, he made it like it's called little, what? Your act. He called made your act. Drink. We've been suffering from it for years. Oh, so really? Get over it. That's what you got? Is that you? I got you planned that I, before you called. That was your plan. Yes, you want to buy a dryer door? <laughs> that was your plan. Like yeah. you're going to say, this is going to be the one that's going to put me over the top as a caller. <laughs> then everybody's going to be like, <laughs> everybody's going to go. Why do you come in studio? Crazy, yeah. Like, what are you hey. doing as a caller? You should be in here. <laughs> you know, you should have your own show, the caller show. You know, where you just sit here and you do all your calls <laughs> one like, after another. You know, and then we put it on TV and it becomes movies. I'm telling you, you're you're blowing it by just calling. You got to. You got to do you something. You got to do it all. 
You got to do it all. And I don't have an act. I work in the moment, and I keep writing. I'm not, I don't it's have an. Beautiful. I'm not a fucking. I have an act. What am I fucking some carnival fuck? I'm a. I'm one of the most well respected comics in the business. You know why? Because I create, bitch. <laughs> My four CD, uh, Rich Voss One Forty One IQ, is not out yet, only because of the movie. But it's my best CD yet. All right. So there you have it. Where do you live? Have you have you bought women on the uh, Bob uh, Zamuda is stopping by. And I know you know Bob, right? I don't know if he'll remember me, but I did a lot why, of stuff with him. Why wouldn't he remember you? He's written a book called Andy Kaufman, The Truth, finally, because Andy Kaufman is still alive, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. There's Gurian bothering him in the hall. Um, <laughs> Wind tunnel hair Gurian. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Frankie Avalon is rolling over and he's not even in his grave. When he looks he's rolling into someone else's grave right now. Um, but Elaine Boozler, I don't know what I did with the quotes. Elaine Boozler, not happy with this book. She and uh, Andy used to date. Uh, Andy's family, not happy with this book. But I don't think Bob is um, new to controversy. You know what I mean? Controversy is part of his thing. So, are we all ready to bring him in, Shelps? Yeah. Is the publisher happy? That's all that matters. Yeah, the publisher is happy. Andy Kaufman, The Truth, finally. Bob uh, Zamuda and Lynn Margolis wrote this. Let's bring in Bob Zamuda. Now, Andy, did you hear about this one? Tell me, are you locked in the pond? Andy, are you goofing on L? NYU, NYU, Michael Stipe is going to be there with you, Bob? Yes. Yeah. NYU, Washington Square tonight, the Village Campus. Yes. Now, because Michael yeah. uh, produced the movie, right? Or was, no, was he involved? what they did is, what well, they wrote the, the, the are yeah. we on? Yeah, we're on okay, the Okay, good. Uh, why don't you tell me? No, well, no, anyway. No, what happened is he, uh, well, they wrote, of course, the song, uh -huh. Man on the Moon, which was a few years before the film, of course. And then uh, they wrote the score for the entire film. It was the first time they ever wrote the, the score. The movie, yeah. by the way, I thought that movie was uh, terrific. I thought Jim Carrey was amazing. You. Yeah. But you've written this book, Andy Kaufman, The Truth, finally, yep. saying that Andy is still... Alive. Yes. And out there. Yeah, it's the first time now I've waited 30 years uh -huh. uh, and finally I'm coming clean and saying, yes, he talked about faking his death. He did fake his death. Uh, and uh, I'm announcing it for the first time in 30 years. And will he did re you read it? Yes. Good. Good. Thank I you. read it. Thank first you. of all, you know, it's one thing about 
Uh, obviously, a lot of people are going to pay attention to that. But yeah. there's really an amazing bunch of show business, behind-the-scenes stories. And if you enjoy... Yeah, Johnny DeVito's going to really like me, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's great. Yeah. I think the the carny aspect of show business is something that's often forgotten of, you know, putting on something so that the people can be amazed. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes we forget that's the the was the first show business ever. You know what I mean? Of that that illusion of something has happened, join into it. And that's something that you and Andy specialized in. Well, working for Andy was like working for Harry Houdini. Mm -hmm. This is the way we looked at it. Right. You know? So uh, there were secrets, there were pranks that were pulled that lasted, Mm -hmm. as you know, for for many years. The. uh, probably the two most notorious ones was, of course, him with Jerry Lawler when he right. got in the fight with Jerry and on Letterman. And yeah. first he wrestled women, and then yeah. he finally wrestled a man. Then supposedly Jerry put him in the hospital for a week, and Andy wore that damn neck brace for about a year, and there was yeah. nothing wrong with him. So that came out. And then when we did, uh, and then he created uh, this character, this alter ego, Tony Clifton, Lounge yeah. Lizard, uh, and uh, which Jim also portrays in the movie. And in that case, uh, I remember we were at the comedy store, and nobody knew it was Andy Kaufman at first. And then the rumor started, and finally one day he went on stage at the comedy store as Tony Clifton, which was done with a lot of prosthetic makeup. You couldn't tell it was Andy. And he went on stage, and people went, do Latka. Thank you, do lot. And he got so pissed. And you know, Andy, as yeah. you know, was a really sweet guy. And he went back in that green room at the comedy store, you know, where Mitzi has all the mirrors, and he took a chair and threw it and busted one of those big mirrors. And Andy was violent. I went, whoa. And he said, you know, I can't even do Tony anymore. Now everybody thinks it's me. Wait a second, he says. This is perfect. He says, Muda. No, great. The public thinks that Tony Clifton is Andy Kaufman. Great. Let him think that. I said, I don't get you. And he says, now you could start doing it. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was just the writer behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And, but I had the voice down and, you know, I wrote for Tony. He said, no, you got to do it, man. And then for the next, for, for many, many years, for, for the next eight years, I was Tony Clifton. So I'd go on David Letterman as Tony Clifton. And Letterman mm-hmm. thinks I'm Andy Kaufman. Yeah. And during the last time he, you know, turned, during the commercial break, uh, uh, Letterman David turns to me and says, "Andy, if I didn't, it was you, I swear it was somebody else." <laughs> and we kept this quiet for 20 yeah. years until until the movie came out, Man on the Moon. And then Jim Carrey told Letterman because we shot, we went over to the Ed Sullivan Theater, mm-hmm. and we recreated that scene with Jer- the real Jerry Lawler and Derek, you know, and David mm-hmm. Letterman. And and of course, Jim was playing Andy. And while we were sitting between takes, Jim says, "Hey, uh, David, how many times was uh, Tony Clifton on on, this, on your show?" He says, "Oh, I think a three or four. He says, "Well, did you know it was Smuda here?" And and David went white. He was very angry about it. Yeah, because you know David has got his head so far up his ass. Can I say that? On sure, TV? you can say whatever you want. He's off the air. He's not going to put me on anyway, right? <laughs> so it's over. He's going. Yeah, he'll and, put you on as Clifton. Yeah, he put me on. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was it, you know. But he was kind of like uh, he, he was shocked. And, and then of course, you know, uh, uh, we went up to uh, to Tahoe, and uh, I performed for about two weeks as Tony Clifton. 
And uh, everybody thought it was Andy. Well, you know, uh, Sam Kinison's brother used to call radio stations in the morning when Sam couldn't get up as Sam. <laughs> so there's a lot of guys who think that they talk to Sam on the radio in the morning. Well, and it was like, you know, it was just Bill just rocking. <laughs> the first time I met Bob, it was at the Chicago Comedy Festival, and I was hosting a show, and he came on as Tony Clifton. Yeah. Do you remember that? I yes, yeah, remember. yeah, 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 I do. The audience was getting so mad at the character. They were so shit. It's the most it. annoying character oh. in history. Yeah. Ladies were walking out. Yeah. It, it was so fucking funny because <laughs> they didn't get it. And they're, they're yelling at him and walking out. And I'm just dying. I'm laughing so hard. And then we did a show at the House of Blues on the 20th anniversary. That's right. Yeah. So I got to host this thing. Everybody's going up, and, and Odin Kirk was on it. Norton was on it, and people were talking. Zach, Zach. Uh, was Zach on yeah, it? Too? Yeah, Galvanakis. Yeah. Yes. Was yeah. God damn it! It was so cool. Everybody was. It was sold. It was packed. It was great. Because that was, and that was ten years ago. Because uh -huh. Andy, when asked, uh, uh, you know, when, when asked, because he talked to many people about faking his death, and he said, he said, look, and so when Lynn Margulies, who was the love of his life, who Courtney mm -hmm. Love portrays in the movie, said to him, Andy, okay, you fake your death. How long are you going to be gone? He says, if I was going to be a little boy about it, it'd be a year or two. If I was going to be a man about it, 20 to 30 years. You were at the 20th. Yeah. So I put a big event together thinking mm -hmm. he was going to come back. He didn't come back. But now... This is it. This is the 30-year mark. It's going to happen, Bob. It's going to happen because yeah. what I've learned now, what I've learned now, as you could read by the book, I put the carrots out there. For one thing, we finally got a promoter now who will give Andy $1 million just to walk on stage and wave. It's got to be the real Andy. Right. We've got that. We've got Mitchell Silverbergen up, which is a big law, uh, theatrical law firm in L.A. See, what he did was illegal. It's illegal to fake your death. Mm -hmm. uh, for three years, we talked about it almost on a, on a weekly basis for three years. Andy figured, well, he says, what I could do, he says, how, he called me up one day. He says, where would I get a cadaver? I says, well, they use my it wife. From <laughs> <laughs> my bed. Yeah, there you go. And uh, we had only known by then. And so what happened is, uh, you know, we said, well, you know, medical schools um, get cadavers. Mm. What do you, what's the idea? He says, well, you know, car accident. And I said, well, you know, they're going to check like the, the teeth and stuff, you know, the dental records. He said, can I knock out some of my teeth? I said, Andy, you're going to have to knock out all your teeth. They, they check, you know, I said, that didn't work. Then he says, well, what about a few months later? Later, he says, what about I drown, right? But the body is lost at sea. I said, no, because he was telling everybody, he was, as you know, he was yeah. telling everybody, too many people, yeah. that he was going to fake his, his death. 30 years ago, 85% of his fans and the people who knew about this at the time of his death knew he thought he was faking it. The cast of Taxi, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jeff, Conway. Jeff Conway, who was on the set for Man on the Moon, he told me, I said, Jeff, why didn't the cast of Taxi go to Andy's funeral? He said, Bob, we thought it was fake. 
we thought we're going to go all the way across the country. Nandy's going to step out from behind <laughs> a, you know, a, a yeah. curtain. So he said, that's why we didn't go. So anyway, 30 years ago, everybody thought Andy Kaufman... Because he was doing the, these kind of things he, all the and time. And he was talking to him. He went, yeah. not just me. He talked to me three years about it. He talked to John Moffat and Jack Burns from the TV show Fridays. He went to see them. He says, guys, I'm going to do the biggest. This is it. This is my crowning achievement. I'm going to fake my death. And he had John Moffat. You can call John Moffat up. They brought a Bible. And John swore. He said, you can't tell anybody I'm doing this. He told his manager, George Shapiro, you know, that he was, was going to fake his death. He told Lynn Margulies, the love of his life. Me, of course, I, I knew about it. He told one girlfriend, and Mimi Lampert was her name. He wrestled her on SNL. And they were dating for a while. He told, he says, and, and he says, I'm going to fake, he says, Mimi, I'm going to fake my death. And, and she says, well, what's it going to be? He says, she says, cancer. He says, and she had a relative or mother or grandmother died of cancer. She said, Andy, that's disgusting that you would do that. If you ever bring this up to me again, I'll never talk to you again. And I said, Andy, this is delicate for people. Some people are going to be really pissed at you. So he told many people, but if you don't believe any of us, there's one thing you cannot deny. Mm -hmm. Page 124 of the Tony Clifton script that is sitting in the vault at Universal Studios. They still own the property. Andy shows up one day. We had we were developed in the Tony Clifton story there. He shows up one day. He says, "Up been up till three in the morning," and he had this piece of paper. He says, "We got to put this in the script." I read it, and it says, "Tony Clifton." And for you folks who don't know, Tony Clifton was Andy Kaufman's alter ego, a lounge lizard, and it said, "Tony Clifton dies of cancer at Cedar Sinai Hospital." This is four years before Andy Kaufman would die of cancer at Cedar Sinai Hospital. How can you explain this? He knew exactly what he was doing. The only reason you believe Andy Kaufman died is because he went in hiding for 30 years. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Andy Kaufman, The Truth, finally is the book out by Bob. Now, I know Kaufman's family not happy with the book. I know his brother is uh, talking about it. Also, Elaine Boozler yep. has been tweeting. Did you read some of the things nope, that she nope, said? No. Nope. Uh, do you mind if I give yeah, you a couple of these? Absolutely. Um, Bob Zamuda rivals the Jacksons in making money off a dead man. Hashtag get a job. Um, uh, the stuff about him being bi, which well, let me take. Well, let me take yeah. that first one first. Okay, yeah. first of all, as you know, and you you yeah. you've read a lot. You know yeah. the publishing world. You know there's no money in this. Mm. Okay, this was printed by Ben Bella Press. There's no advance. You know this. The mm. only place where there's money for you folks, and maybe Elaine needs to know this too, is if a book company gives you an advance. That's, That's it. it. This lady sitting over here, this is my publicist over here, I pay her. I'm on a junket now. Yeah. I flew here to New York. I stay in your hotels here. I'm eating your food here at the plane fare. That's I'm out of my pocket. There is no profit here in that question yeah. at all. Okay, And I don't care. Listen, I am here to get the message to Andy Kaufman that it's 30 years. It's time for him to come back. So you haven't heard from him. You're just saying. I have not heard from this him. This is the stunt. 
meet me here. This Andy. is what he said. Yeah. He said thirty years. He said twenty to thirty years. Yeah. You were at the twenty year. Yeah, he was... didn't show. This is the thirty years. Now, yeah. uh, Rich, that night, were you hoping Andy would come walking out at that? I didn't give party? a shit. I just wanted to have a good show. Okay. No, I, I did. It was kind of cool setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just everybody went on, but there was okay. Now we got to do comedy too. I'm not right. So you know, and comedy's tough to do. It was almost a semi-memorial scene, like because a lot of people were coming up talking. You know, the, his mailman, close friends, some everybody was going up, and they go now for comedy. So I got to walk out. First thing I say is, "Look, I I watched Taxi growing up, and I didn't get him." <laughs> yeah, I remember that, but yeah, yeah, but he would—that's something he would say, absolutely. Some, and then, just the whole night was a great. Norton killed everybody killed you know and then they went across the street over to the comedy store well yeah, this was crazy yeah. it was in four acts first act at, was at, at the House of Blues yeah. second act was right across is the comedy store we mm-hmm. took the audience and there Jerry Lawler wrestled midgets and then we handed yeah. out milk and cookies the third act was around midnight, and we gave everybody a candle, and we had a vigil to La Sienica, which because Andy lived an apartment there, and I had contacted the folks who who had it, and they emptied out the apartment. We brought in all his memorabilia, and that went to about remember there's about six hundred people, and this is going up a small elevator, you know, the eighteenth floor, and so about four in the morning, Tony Clifton then arrives and makes the announcement that go home and go to sleep your next that your stub your ticket is good for act four which continues tomorrow night over at dennis hoff's moonlight bunny ranch a legal brothel in nevada right and if you show up your ticket is good for one hot hooker yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. And that's right. And we had about 98 people. These are people who have never been to a brothel before. <laughs> and 98 people, girls, couples, married couples, single guys, of course. About 98 people showed up. Where, did you go? No, I've no. been uh, heard of it. <laughs> You're a damn liar. Did no, you hear I, the lie in I, that I was point? with my wife that night. Oh, okay. And anyway, and about a third of them actually went back uh, with a hooker in memory of Andy. Well, yeah, that's one yeah. of the things that Elaine brings up, too, yeah. saying she dated Andy yes. for many years. He was not a sex addict, and he was not bi. Well, first of all, first of all, the book says, first of all, it's not me saying this. Yeah. You know that you've read right. the book. Elaine probably hasn't read the book, mm-hmm. I guarantee it. Because she would know, I am not the person saying that Andy was bisexual and died of AIDS. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is his girlfriend who was Lynn Margley's, the love of his life, who came out and said that, I say the opposite. I say, that's bullshit. I say, Andy did not even die. So let's, so some people should read the book before they start saying, I said something I didn't say. Now he was bisexual. He, he told me this. He told me this in the Philippines. He told Lynn that. He, you know, and Lane, listen, I love Elaine. I've known Elaine for years. The fact of the matter is, you know, they were living together in LA, Andy and Lynn Margulies. And at one point he said, I want to move to San Francisco. I want to live in the Castro district. Okay. I want to live in the Castro. Listen, I don't know what he what, what his love life was at. You mm-hmm. know, you know, people 
change in life. You know, to me, I, w- I didn't believe it at first when Lynn told me. I went, I, first of all, I had a hooker tell me because he used to go over to the, the uh, Moonlight Bunny Ranch and he would get girls that were big girls. Like muscular, like guys, mm-hmm. and the hookers there will tell you the one, the ones I'd been with them. It was always the same. It was he'd go in the back room, he'd wrestle them, then he'd have them lay on their stomach, so he would not see their breasts or vagina, and he would mount them from the back. Okay, and, and it <laughs> That's was my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and it was soon after that that he convinced Lynn that they should move to the Castro district. He went back with, uh, he, he'd be gone four or five hours at a time. She came so, back. Yeah. But he always had to wrestle first. That was his thing. Oh, he, he loved to wrestle. Oh, he had to wrestle. The wrestling is what turned him on. Yeah. Yeah. So when yeah. he's there in Memphis, uh, you yeah. know, working at, he was actually turned on wrestling women in front of all these. He loved it. He loved it. When, when we did SNL, and I was so afraid because he, we would have to tape him down with gaffer's tape. He put on a jock strap, mm-hmm. and then we would tape him down with gaffer's tape, and then he would put on uh, the swimming trunks, and then those big uh, long johns that he would put on. And I was so afraid on SNL that he'd pitch a tent while he was wrestling the girls. Th- th- this is why he did it. It was really self-indulgent, and and if I was always the referee, of course. Yeah. And what I would hear down there, with the people would be cheering you in here. I hear, I'd hear the the girls saying, him saying to the girls, "Oh, baby, he said, oh, this is so hot." Afterwards, talk to Zamuda. We got to go out. You get your hands off me, you pig. You know, noise. And probably about about seven times out of ten. Anytime he wrestled a girl, he betted them that night. Is that right? Yeah. And these were women that were picked kind of out of the audience? Oh, yeah. This is not yeah. plans. No, no. Right. If you see the way it's done on SNL, I'd hold my yeah. hand over their head, and people would applaud for it. Um, it's the, the stuff that you guys pulled off is really legendary. Uh, Thank you. How much of that did you miss over the last three decades? How much of that well, this is creativity? Tr- well, that's why I want him to come back. And this yeah. is it now. Andy Kaufman's return, unless he's dead. Let me state this again, folks. Andy Kaufman faked his death 30 years ago. I have not spoken to him since. For all I know, last week he got hit by a bus. I don't know. But if he's still out there, the book, what I do is I put the carrots out there. We have lawyers over at Mitchell Silverbring up in L.A. Mm-hmm. who's talking to the proper authorities. Listen, I pulled out of the whole thing when he when I said, OK, he said, I'm going to really do this now. I said, you are. OK, Andy, I can't help you with this. What do you mean? It's illegal. Over 3,000 people worldwide every year fake their death. 400 in the U.S. alone. He says, what do you mean it's illegal? I said, Andy, people don't want to pay alimony. They don't want to pay child support. They want to rip off the insurance company. People do it all the time. What you're going to do is illegal. So what we've been doing now for the last few months is that is that the law firm is talking to the proper authorities to say, look, if Andy comes back, okay, We don't want him arrested. We don't want him cuffed. He did this for artistic reasons. He did not do this to defraud these insurance companies. He's going to pay the money back. There will be a fine. But now, also, this is the biggie. When he comes back, it will be the biggest 
event, show business event in our lifetime, the return of Andy Kaufman. Nobody has pulled anything like this off. This is truly amazing. Because of that, uh, there's a promoter now that will pay $1 million just for him to come out on stage for one minute and wave. Just for that, let alone all the appearances he could make around the United States. Also, Universal Studios said if Kaufman comes back, they will do the Tony Clifton story. I don't know what Andy, he might be a Buddhist monk now, but I'm holding enough monetary, you know, out there. I don't know if he has a family now, what his financial situation is. If he wants to give the money to charity, in my book, I say... Okay, because, you know, I've raised over 80 million dollars for the homeless through comic relief with Robin Whoopi, Robin Whoopi and Billy and all these Mm. other comedians such as he started it. Absolutely. He started this. So this is for this time. I want him to come back. If he doesn't want any money, fine. Help us raise money for these causes, Andy, by doing your tour. So I'm appealing on all different sides. I don't know. He might be a Buddhist monk for now. Are you uh, going to put on uh, another big night for him? Well, to walk of course, out? Yeah. yeah. But I would only do it now if he contacts me. That's why I'm doing this book. Is not about sales, mm-hmm. Elaine. It doesn't work that way. Okay, there's no money in this book. As a matter of fact, I've been asking the Kaufman family to exhume the grave. Do it, guys. 20 minutes with a backhoe, with a coroner and the right paper paper side. They could dig that up tomorrow. And you know what? This book would stop. If he's in there, the book stops. Wismuda was wrong. Andy's dead. He's in the grave. Guys, do it. I want you to do it. And put and put an end to this ridiculous controversy. You know, we asked his brother to, uh, you know, Michael. Yeah, yeah. And he said he would not. He goes, "I'll do the show, but I don't want to talk about the book because I haven't read it." Oh, I mean, okay. all you have to say is the book asserts that your brother is still alive. All you'd have to say is, "Of course, well, he's not still alive." Michael believes yeah. he's he's still alive because about six months ago, that big brouhaha mm-hmm. where some girl managed to get him in there and convince him that he was Andy's, she was Andy's daughter, and because of her yeah. age, which means he would he would still be alive. Michael bought it hook, line, and sinker. So I know Michael. Under, believes this. Now listen, for all I know, Michael could, might have known the whole thing. The thing with Andy, I, I'm, I, I put myself through college as a magician, so I understand the magician's code of silence. Andy, and so does Michael, is the code, the wrestler's code. The code before... The yes, exactly. Before Vince McMahon and they made... Yeah. Then you would go to the grave and not telling anything. I don't know what Michael knows. For all I know... Lynn Margulies, who Andy talked to all the time about faking his death, she might be in on it, too. You just don't tell the other person, even if you've known each other for years. What's it called? Kayfabe. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually, it's old, because I brought up to Carney, that's old Carney stuff. Yes. But even when I... um you know, before they turned it into sports and entertainment, I was friends with a lot of wrestlers, and they would say, "I don't know whether I'm going to win or lose tonight." It would always be that thing. Uh, yeah, never going to really, tell you. It was always great. I kind of hate it when they <laughs> when they gave that up. When Vince McMahon yeah. gave that up, and yeah. I, he threw, I, I think he thought, "Ah, the regular public is not going to buy this," you know. Right. And I think that was a big mistake. Well, big mistake. Look at the kind He's of money making, making billions anyway. Make on that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Andy Kaufman, the truth. Finally, this is the book out. You 
are putting it out there for Andy to show up. I'm going to ask you a little bit about Comic Relief. Yeah. Uh, Recently, of course, we lost... Uh, Robin, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. what a stunner. Stunner. Hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, right? Impossible uh, to believe. Because you, you see his character and his life is somewhat energetic, likable, happy. You know, so you you know what I mean? Right. Like, if uh, Mark Maron blew his brains out, you go, okay. But, you know what I mean? Just as an example. But you don't get... That's no. why it hit you even yeah. harder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you, you know, you see him on the talk shows. He's moving. It's moving. It's just... All the USO stuff he's yeah. doing. But see, this is part. As you know, this yeah. is part of the curse also of being a comedian. Because uh, Harold Raymond and I used to have great discussions. Harold was almost like an intellectual when it came to the the the, the soul of this of the comedian. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what, what, as you know, where does the nine times out of ten, and I bet you in your case too, this was true. Nine times out of ten, the comedian was the class clown, okay? Yeah. Before he, right? Was it in your case? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. In Robin's case, and Robin talked about that, he said he was bullied in school. He, he was, was a shy short. kid. Yeah, yeah, mm. and that's right. And he said when he became the class clown, it's like, bring me my fool. Leave the fool alone. He's our fool. He makes us laugh. Don't beat him up anymore. Now, Harold takes it one step further. Harold Raymond would say, okay, before he's the class clown, where does that come from? And Harold would say, nine times out of ten, it is associated with a depressed mother. The little boy, the little boy, wanted mommy not to be sad. He would tell jokes, sing little songs. Was this in your case? Well, I, it, it all fits in, yeah, because my parents were divorced, so you come from... There's different ways. You're not getting the attention you're supposed to get as a child, so you'll find a way to get attention, being a class clown, this and that. Obviously... The parent you're with, which will be your mom, is depressed because she's alone raising three kids. So I used to there come home go. from school, mm-hmm. and I've told this yeah. a million times on the radio, and this was my... I used to come home from school in second and third grade every day and listen to a Von Meter album just to laugh and cover whatever the mm-hmm. pain mm-hmm. that I didn't... But I didn't know why I was doing it. Right. But yeah, when yeah, I look yeah. back on it Years now... Years later when you analyze yeah, it. It's because it, And Robin, and, too, and we didn't take it seriously with Robin. You go, how can this be? I'm sure even we, when he went into counseling, especially Robin was like the saint. He really was. Nobody could say anything bad about Robin. And the idea is that Robin always wanted, he felt that his responsibility to always make light of the situation. So in a counseling situation, these guys are supposed to spot it. You know, and you would hear him on shows. He's, oh yeah, I've I've gone to rehab and he'd make some jokes. So you think to yourself, well, this guy's okay. No, no, this is part of the big problem. He's masking all that. And and a lot of this, I talk about this about Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Andy, what I think the most critical moment in Andy Kaufman's life when he's about six or seven years old, he had a favorite grandfather who would come and visit him and they sang, he had a great time. And one day the grandfather stopped coming. Okay. Well, what it was is the grandfather died. But Stanley Kaufman, uh, Andy's dad, and Janice's mom admitted it was a mistake. They lied to the little boy. They didn't say they didn't want him to have to deal with the idea of, of, of death. So what they said to him oh, is Papu went away. And, and then Andy's thinking, well, why can't the guy write me a letter or something? So they got trapped in this lie. Now, years later... Andy is now 34 years old. The parents had taken the concept of death. 
This is where Andy learned how to twist reality. The parents took the concept of death and said, you see, we could make believe that someone didn't die. So now years later, Andy says, oh, they did that? I'll make believe that I died. What? You see, I think this is what he did. But why didn't the parents just say to the kid, hey, you can't sing and grandpa doesn't want to sing with you anymore? <laughs> yeah, That's well. Oh, boy, that went nowhere. That was a joke. Um, it would have been a lot better. Where's that button when you push the there's, floor goes? There's all different kinds of death. There's, <laughs> a death. Uh, there's all yeah. different kinds of death. Oh, yeah. That's one of them. Uh, Andy Kaufman, the truth, finally, as I said, uh, no matter how what you think of the, the, the idea that Andy's still alive, there's a bunch of great stories in Thank here, you, backstage friend. stories, that from people who like show business, it's a lot of fun. Bob Zamuda, thank you so much for coming in here. Thank you, my friend. Thank and you I'll, so much. I'll see you next time coming through. Great. That was great. First show, musical guest, Andy Kaufman. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Comedy Hits. Channel 99. It's the Ron and Fez show. Uh, Fez up to 11 stents. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, next Wednesday at 3 o'clock, get your tickets for a Dane Cook Unmasked. Here's a man who's on Codeine that will explain everything to you. Unmasked Dane Cook is happening next Wednesday, October 15th at 3 p.m. at Caroline's Comedy Club in New York City. Go to iBang.com to find out how to get tickets. Now, I've also just recently worked out a deal of, what is it? Uh, I've just worked out a deal. Is something wrong that I don't know about? I have no idea. I'm texting. That Andy Kaufman will be doing <laughs> an exclusive show here on Sirius XM. That is, when we get Andy back in here, exclusive deal with Sirius XM. One million dollars. Now, by the way, Andy Kaufman being gone for 30 years, that comes down to 50 G's a year to go out and make the million. He could have picked yeah. up a million walking out on stage years ago. Um, you've done, you did the last Andy Kaufman thing. I did it in L.A. at the House of Blues. I hosted myself, uh, a couple other comics. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, Zach, uh, uh, Odenkirk. Norton, 30 people telling personal stories before the comedy show, because that's always great yeah. to do stand-up after. And then he, as my neighbor, was such a, you know. You guys were out in yeah. the back of what the fuck uh, are we it, supposed it to do? It kept going on and on. You're yeah. thinking, all right, maybe a couple stories from some close friends. But, you know, now they're bringing up, you know, his, you know, podiatrist and, you know, whatever. Mm. So it was kind of right. And... And there were there were big people in the audience, you know. I mean, you know, L.A. Hollywood yeah. people type stuff. So, you know, he, I don't even know if I remember. Is this just a scam? Is he coming back, or am I just hosting a goddamn show at the House of Blues? You know what I mean? Right. And it, you know, I was hanging out with Dennis Hoff, like you said, and 
matter of fact, the next morning we had breakfast. Me, Bonnie, Dennis Hoff, and Ron Jeremy. Dennis Hoff, who owns Moonlight Bunny Ranch, Ron Jeremy, porn star, they're arguing, both of them, which is worse, prostitution or porn. They're arguing against, I think yeah. they're both going to hell. So it was a whole <laughs> or comedy. The yeah. next thing could be comedy. Yeah. So the, the whole thing was dysfunctional. But here's when you watch Zamuda, when you listen to yeah. him. He, I think he really believes all of this. I think he's a great performer, uh-huh. and he's a great promoter, and he realizes that if you come in and sell something from a certain angle, people are going to enjoy it, and that's that's fun. That's what what you're seeing there is an old school type of performance. You know, the guy that used to ride around in a wagon and sell elixir to the cowboys as this cures this and that. It's just show business. It's old school fun. But what's he what's he benefiting from it? He gets to go out and be Bob Zamuda. You gotta remember, this is always the sad thing. If you are no if you're with that guy and he's a star and the star dies. Now what are you supposed to do? If you look at the guys from the Doors after Jim Morrison died, they would have been in a, a major band for fucking, you know, like the Rolling Stones. Yes. But the lead singer, the songwriter died, and now they spend the next 40 years going, what am I supposed to do, bar gigs? You know, they've yeah. spent the next 40 years talking about Jim Morrison. Th- those are all great musicians, but they're not going to fill... Madison Square Garden, like if they had Jim. So he can come back, tell these stories. Uh, personally, I think he likes to keep, you know, that thing going still. Well, here's, okay, he created comic relief. I guess he, yeah. was, he was instrumental in getting that. He whole was the guy, he was the, yeah. like, the promoter behind Okay, him. so with that knowledge, which obviously was big, eight, mm-hmm. they did maybe eight years of it, you know, and they yeah. raise millions, and then the whole tone. Wouldn't you think he could take that knowledge and go into another type of promotion where it's still going to keep him in the limelight? And- well, I think he does things like that, but also I think he wants to keep Andy's name out there. I think he wants to keep that sense of fun. When you read this book and the crazy shit that they did, you know, there's backstage Saturday Night Live stuff, backstage Fridays, all the different talk shows. It's funny as shit. He gets backstage. Uh, about everything that happened with the movie. Uh, I think he likes to tell those stories, and I, I think he wants to make sure those stories are out there. Uh, wouldn't it be like, can you imagine in, if he didn't even tell us when the anniversary day is to 30 years? No. That would have been a. But there's no way he's alive. You know this, and I know this. I know a guy who faked his death going off a boat. Uh, because he was in some financial problem. They, they him. wrote him in no time. At first, I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, famous, di- I can't say who it was, but he owned a business down for, oh, he went off a boat. And everyone's like, oh, that's weird. And then it came up. He, you know, his business was in trouble. He owed money. He had married. And they were like, they wrote him like so fucking fast. And this guy wasn't. You know, Andy Kaufman. Where'd they find him? Did they find him? Yeah, they found him, you know, I think, I don't want to say exactly. Cause I'm like, <laughs> in the attic? Think, but, you know, he had dyed his hair, cut his hair, <laughs> and was in another party town. You know, just like, hey, my name's Hank, you know. They're on you quick, particularly when money is on the line. 
Do you know how many fucking private detectives that would have hunted Andy Kaufman down years ago? And has there ever been one of those... You know, I brought up Morrison was supposed to be still alive. Has there ever been one of those things that turned out to be true? Like, we always want to believe, you know? They said Tupac was supposed to be alive, too. Tupac. Living in Cuba. Well, there's people that are big to kids at the time. Kids don't want to actually believe in death. You know what I mean? So you move on to the next thing. You know, Hitler was supposed to be alive. JFK was supposed to be alive. Elvis was supposed to be alive. There are certain people that we act like they are so much bigger than life that they couldn't have died. You know, but you didn't think Zamuda had like a a fun act demanding that the family dig up Andy's (laughs) fucking casket. He said 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. With what are they going (laughs) to dig it up? Get back up with with. You know, an earthquake. Uh, it's uh, thank Rick. You. Thank you. Rick. Wait, hold on. Oh fuck. Uh, what Peter? Your, Peter Laurie. Yeah, that's is there, his is grandfather. There a sweetener in there? That's his grandfather. Is there, is there a sweetener in there? Two. Yeah, you know. No, no, that's good. Thank you. That's his, yeah, no, Peter, it isn't. Yeah, Peter Laurie's his no, grandfather. No, it isn't. Yeah. Look at his face. Rick, Rick, get me out of here immediately. Look at those fucking Can't you eyes. help me? There's that your, kid could be a giant star. A kid could just give free MRIs. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, that's gargoyle eyes. That's going to make him feel bad about himself. Look, that's the picture of him on the left, and his grandfather, Peter Laurie, on the right. They're about the same age here. Isn't that crazy? Is that really your grandfather? Yeah. Holy shit. Yes, it is. Yeah. The Laurie Foundation got a hold of me and asked me if I would do this. I can't wait till I do the Fez is still alive bit. You know what I mean? Like, people think that he died. No, he's still alive. He's in hiding on Roosevelt Island. Oh, wait, no, not there. Don't look Everyone there. Everyone believed that he was in hiding. 11 stents. 11 stents. So that's 11 pieces of plastic all. Yeah, 11 straws, basically. 11 nice little straws that are just keeping the blood flowing from one artery to the next. Oh. Yeah. It's almost like, have you ever like poured vodka into a watermelon that you put yeah. those plugs in, you know? Yeah. He's got that kind of thing where they're just pouring... All right. They pour grain alcohol through the system. But his... If the Lincoln Tunnel was like his arteries, we'd have to shut down Manhattan. It would just be impossible. <laughs> the gridlock would be impossible. And this new stent's in a place where he'd never had any problems before. In the back, where the, it's just Twitter annoyances. Is he doing? Is he doing these in hospitals or at this point going to just quick clinics and getting? Yeah, he's he went to the Joan Rivers uh, <laughs> clinic. Um. Here's Jeff. Jeff, you're on the Run of Fez show. Jeff, we got you, buddy. Hey, boss, why don't you fake your death and return after 30 years? Think of the CDs you could sell. Yeah, let me help you go. Oh, another one. Another one that they wait online for that, though. Yeah, they do. They wait online. And the thing is, I usually get good feedback from this show, Not, not, not mean people. Today, did you do Opie earlier? Yes. Yeah. Why? They're still hanging around. Those people that didn't get through originally, still hanging around. They're so they're such hacks. Um, yeah, it is. It is hack stuff. 
Um, how's everything going with you being on the OP channel? You guys having fun with that? Oh yeah, yeah. It, you know, we do Tuesday night uh, seven to nine, which is great because it's drive time in LA, uh-huh. and it's fun. I mean, because unlike our podcast, which we do out of our house, and we run out of things to say because we've done a hundred and forty of them. This we get to take calls here and right. talk. You know, sometimes have guests in. Or a third mic once in a while, so it's it's so much better than just sitting in our dining room cursing each other out for an hour. Why do you still do the podcast? Because we're loyal, and the pi- everything we've gotten in a while, uh-huh. a lot of things is because of the podcast. You know, the radio show. Well, you're on we have a great a po- network there too. That podcast yeah. network. Plus, yeah, we have Riotcast. a podcast. and we're on a pot. We have a pilot with True TV based on our podcast. So I'm not going to blow out. The foundation, the person that gave me that opportunity until the pilots picked up. And then everything. You won't even talk to Opie anymore after that. Just like, fuck you. I'm out of here. If I hit lotto tonight, I'm not going to talk to Opie. (laughs) And I'm talking pick three. (laughs) (laughs) If he hits a pick three, he's done. He's done. You know, so things are... They're good. I mean, but coming in and doing it, it's so much fun. Yeah, it is fun. Because the calls, and we're not getting calls like, uh, you know, we're not getting, hey, you suck, you this, you yeah. that, you know. It, they're they're good calls. Well, also, I've got really bad interns uh, doing calls for me. Yeah, that, yeah that call. And we got Peter Laurie's grandson and this weird kid, Clocks. Shelby, you've done a terrible job running the interns, right? Yeah, it looks that way. What was the big story you wanted to bring up today? Well, I saw a study. It was about how, like, cats are total dicks and why, like, they hate being petted and, like, that maybe they may not even like that kind of shit. But I was thinking, like, the the big cliche is, like, cat ladies and how, like, you're all lonely if you have a cat. But I was thinking that it's... The exact opposite, that you, if you have a dog, you're more likely to be lonely because they like you crave that kind of affection and loyalty that a dog like gives you. When Do you, you see that home. as weakness, a person who likes a dog? Yeah, like, more than cats that are always like bringing but down cats. Here, here's the thing. If you have a dog, you're in a relationship with some something that is glad to see you. If you have a cat, it's like you've married to a cold bitch who treats you like shit no matter what you do. I think that's why we we judge cat owners. We're like, why do you want to be in a relationship with something that doesn't care about you? And it's an abusive relationship. I've known people yes. with cats who the cats are just dicks to them. They knock shit over all the time just just cuz. I mean, cats are assholes. Right. So a person who likes cats is like an amu- abused woman. You know what I mean? Like, why do abused women stay? Yeah, but if you own a dog, the argument I hear all the time of why dogs are better than cats is, oh, they they greet you and they they're jumping all over you when you come home, and they give you so much attention, they they show affection when you give them stuff. But that's like that's kind of like, do you crave that? Like, a, what? Do well, you, the, why wouldn't I mean everybody? craves a connection that's why we're with other human beings you know what i mean like you're not going to be with a let's say you're not going to be friends with someone who annoys you 
or, or ignores you or has nothing to do with you. You're like, hey, Chris, did you hear the good news? Where are you going? I wanted to tell you what happened at work. Whatever. <laughs> you say, Whatever. That would be considered weird. You're saying if I came home and said, Chris, did you hear the good news at work? And he was like, yeah, What's man. What's that? What you say? That's what? great. You know, wouldn't you rather be in that relationship? Cats or dogs? Are you a cat person or a dog person, Chris? I'm a dog person. I like dogs. I never own one, but whenever my buddies have a dog, I love the dog. I love playing with the dog. Now, would you look at Rich Voss and say that he's a cat person or a dog person? Well, let me... I'll give you an example if you want. Yeah. You can, my seven-year-old the other day says, Daddy, do you want a dog? And I, yeah. don't, I don't want a seven-year-old. So... <laughs> uh, but, so I, I, I see how Bonnie is with him. Yeah. Rich may be a cat person. No, I love dogs. Yeah. I used to have dogs. Uh-huh. I love dogs. I love training them. Like my old dog, Betts, I mean, I train, you know, this is back in the day. Yeah. And we got an apartment and I had to get rid of the dog. And I was heartbroken. I, I This dog I was everything to me. And then we moved out of the apartment. When I went back to the dog pound, I broke in at night to try to find out where they gave my dog to. I, I did a break in and entering. That's nice. That's a that's, yeah. that's a special kind of Disney story. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It's the oldest argument, I think, known to man. Cavemen used to sit around and say, cat person, dog person. Now, oddly, I think the song Cat People is better than any dog song, but I can't imagine who would be a cat person. Shelby, you're a cat guy? Yeah, I like cats better than dogs. I don't need the... I like a, like a affection from an animal, but that's not my main... But you don't like affection from humans. Yeah. One of your big problems here is you don't tell Chris what's going on, you don't tell Fez what's going on. People in the halls think that you're... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Creepy? Um, <laughs> you have that thing. You know? You're almost a cat yourself, is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I asked you to do something, and you crawl up and get try to get away. And, bad at it. Yeah. Bad at something. <laughs> yeah, you'll bat at stuff. Um, and a lot of times, you'll toy with a mouse before killing it. I slept, yeah. I slept on the fridge last night. So. You ever watch in cartoons when get, when it gets dark and all you see are a bunch of eyeballs in the cartoon? Yeah. Looking through here, that's all I see. Right. Fucking eyeballs. This is weird thing. eyes. Is there some kind of agency that makes you hire certain types of people? Yeah. That do do studies like that? Because I don't want to be mean. Yeah. He's reading about cats today. It's kind of weird. Get out. It Go is, out. Yeah, it is. Get you out of the house. Get out. Maybe date someone. Another cat study. Yeah. Can't wait. And <laughs> even if you have a secret, we accept you. Like, if you came in here with a guy, we'd be like, hey, you're Shelby's guy. And we wouldn't <laughs> fucking judge at all. This is a safe place for you. Al, cat person or dog person, what are you? Gotta be a cat person, because dogs can't talk like cats can. I mean, cats can speak, right? Oh, because Fez said that his cat could say cookie, and that took place over three hours. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Mark in Jersey. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, guys. I'm a long-time listener. I go back to the Open Anthony days. Uh, Serious subscriber. I just wanted to call and say... uh, you were talking about all the cat songs being good. Um, I have a good dog song that 
uh, a favorite of mine. It's George Thorogood. Moving on over. Moving on over. Now, you say George Thorogood like Hank Williams himself did not write that song, but absolutely, uh, it's been all around for a long time. Of course, there are dog songs. Yep. yep. Be, but, uh, the, but honestly, if you look at a cat person and you think, what do they get? out of this. I mean, I'm not even going to mention fish people who I find, you know what I mean? It's incredibly really expensive. Really odd. And yeah. just, it's like a television. Just You can just get a flat screen TV and put up a picture of, of a... No, this always gets to me too. These, yeah. You can have a computer screen. It's basically all that it is. Oh, that's pretty colors. Now, the weird thing is, they get those fish out of the Bahamas. So they know what the fucking ocean is. Uh-huh. And now they think to themselves, the ocean has got small, and it's surrounded by a weird living room. You know what <laughs> and I mean? there's a like, giant constantly yeah. looking in on me. It's got to be the weirdest thing ever. Why does that shipwreck still have a price tag on it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim, in Ohio, you're on the Run of Fez show. Actually, Iowa, but uh, you said Cat People is a better song than any dog song. Uh, the Puppy Song by Harry Nilsson is better than that one. No, nothing's better than Cat People. What I just already made that bed. announcement. What about Shannon has drifted out to sea? Oh, God. Wasn't that about a yeah. dog? Shannon is gone. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Who even did that song? <laughs> it was <laughs> someone who was hiding with Andy Kaufman. Some pathetic, awful, sad person, and then wanted to just drag it in to fucking twelve-year-old girls everywhere. Henry Gross. That's a name of that's, a fucking guy. That's a person. Who that is not a top forty name. Recorded music. Um. Aaron, Aaron in Boston, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's up, Ronnie? How you yeah. doing? Good. I'm moving into uh, an apartment with my girlfriend November 1st. She's got a cat. I've never even touched a cat in my life. I'm fucking dreading it. Why would I you move her, in with this woman? Oh, well, I like her. I just hate her cat. So I mean, to me, decision, it would but... be like I'm moving in with a woman who keeps a dead body in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also, there's the cat shit everywhere. You know? Oh, well, she got pissed at me because uh, I asked her. I asked her how old her cat was, and then a couple minutes later, I asked her how old or how long cats last. And she said, "Are you trying to figure out when my cat's going to die?" And I was like, nah, "I guess that's pretty much what I'm working on." Yeah. So you love her, or hate her cat, hate her cat. Yeah. She uh, she was brushing it with a comb once, and she uh, accidentally hit its asshole and it squirted poop out. It was fucking disgusting. Oh, I'm allergic to cats. Um, Shelby, you're running the interns, right? Yeah. Could you train them to hang the fuck up on Lady Trucker? Just teach them how that's done. Um. Why, are you not a Lady Trucker fan? No, she she's the person who went back like a little fucking bum rat and, and made poor Dr. Steve worry. Uh, when, when obviously I don't have any problem with him. Um. Here is... Uh, I gotta get somebody on those phones, Shelb, because you were just way fucking far behind on this. Here's Hunter. Hunter, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Yeah, you're talking about uh, having a cat. It's like being in an abusive relationship. Uh, every once in a while, an abusive woman will put up with it if uh, they're dating a headliner like Lost. 
There, you know, there is some truth to the fact that why would someone... Now, look, you married an equal, so that makes sense. But why would a girl think, oh, I want to be with a guy who goes out and works the room and then feel like I want to be in, with an argument with him at home? What you do you know? mean works for- In other words, a, if you're going to be married to a comic who can do fucking crowd work, how are you ever going to win an argument for the rest of your life? <laughs> but you married somebody who can do it. Bonnie she, yeah, she's is great. quick as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, we're trying to reinvent ourselves. In uh, what way? Oh, we're, gonna, we're finding another uh, partners. No, we, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we don't want to fight as much on our podcast. Because yeah. that's what people, you know what I mean? Because it's not healthy. Right. Yes, to, to disagree and this and that. Uh, but to, to fight nonstop, because where does it become real, fake? T- and it's, I, when it, I was your marriage counselor, I brought that up to you guys. Yes. I go, it's, you know, you can only do that for so long. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's real for her. To me, I, I'm trying to look at it as like it's... It's entertaining. See, that's the difference yeah. between men and women. Yeah. Did you ever see that uh, TV show, Talk Radio, or the movie yeah. Talk Radio? Oh, yeah, it was so great. He was it? like, he said to her, he goes, I want you to come in and produce the show. And... And she goes, yeah, but what about our marriage? He goes, fuck our marriage. I'm talking about the show. And that's the difference between men and women. We have a tendency to put work first, creativity first. And women see that as, yeah, you know. What was her name? Ellen Burstyn? No. No, Ellen Burstyn would have been far too. Um, who did that role, Chris? The wife. Cody and Chris, get on that. I'm looking. I'm looking. What, what did he say? I'm looking. Looking. Ellen Green? Ellen Green. That's All right. what it is. Half right. Yeah. And what's his name? Was, uh... Who played, uh... What's his name played, uh... Eric Bogosian. Yeah. One man, one man show guy. Um... Here's, uh, Lois. Lois, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I'm a cat person, and I'll tell you why. The main reason is because cats do look for affection. They look for affection for a little bit, and then they go about your business. You go about yours. They're not needy like dogs. But they're constantly around you. You got to take them out the shit. Got to take them out the piss. All types of stuff with a cat. You don't need any of that. They got their box. They come around you for a little bit, then they're gone, and you're gone. See, here's what I found out in Manhattan, and this kind of weirds me out. But you know how you see people walking dogs, right? Yeah. If you have a cat in Manhattan, you just leave it in your apartment forever. You don't take the cat out. Because I said one day, I go, why don't you ever see somebody walking a cat? And uh, they have no interest. They just want to stay in the apartment. Yeah, they don't need, They're they like the cat sill. ladies. They have the windowsill. They well, walk yeah. out on the windowsill. The good thing, the pro for cats, you're not going to have mice or rats in your house if you have a cat. And a right? dog's going to let a mouse run by? A dog is going to fucking run down a mouse, too. Not as much as a cat. I mean, cat and mouse, that goes way back. Right. You never heard dog and mouse. <laughs> but if, I, don't, I don't think any dog is going to put up with a mouse. No. And it's fucking... What about a rat? What yeah. about a rat? No. A dog will fucking start fighting if another dog comes into the yard. A dog is always ready to fight. It's like going on a biker. You know what I mean? Like, you're constantly trying to chill them out. Like, easy. Easy. He didn't know what he said. He, didn't, he doesn't mean it that way. That's true. <laughs> so true. Apartment cats have terrible lives. Oh, God. It's, they, never, they never leave, right? They're stuck in this box forever, and they're just living in their shit with the box. But they, it would be up to them whether they left or not. They, you would leave the door open, and they would just fucking sit there. 
Do you have a cat in that little fucking studio of yours, Shelby? That Astoria studio? I don't, but last summer I had lived with someone with a cat and they just left for like two weeks, but the cat was there. I had no idea they were leaving and it started getting more and more needy and just wanting attention and it was like the mangiest looking cat too. It's because you had fucking catnip on your balls, you sick fuck. <laughs> Creep. He rubs it and he says, where's the kitty? Where's the kitty? What do you want? Yeah. You want some? Those little fucking M&M balls of yours that must have been just fucking... <laughs> what's going on over there, Chris? The, the mic fell. Yeah. Fell? That's fixed. Yeah, it fell, Catman. <laughs> Catman do. Are you trying to grow a beard? No, I just don't shave. He's oh. all on fucking codeine. He's taken a cold and used it as a way to become an addict. No, no, it's, I'm just trying to suppress the cough. That's all. You know so. what? That's nice. Come to a meeting. <laughs> You're taking codeine for a cough? It's yeah. codeine cough syrup. Yeah, that's what they give you. Yeah, because well, this is the fucking 1860s. <laughs> what, are, you, are, you, are you shooting it or are you swallowing it? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm drinking it. You don't need fucking codeine for a cough. <coughs> there. And now, wait 10 more minutes for another cough. Get a cough drop. No. Okay, no. you think the Smith brothers didn't know what the fuck they were doing? <laughs> Cody relaxes the throat. Shut up, Cody. You're fucking insulting the Smith Brothers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's good stuff. Yeah, that's You're why just I, a fucking addict and you don't care about the cold. If a doctor gives it to me, I have to take it. A doctor would give you anything. Go yes. in there and pretend you can't Maybe sleep. Maybe the doctor should give you a bar soap and a razor and send you on your way, you <laughs> fucking degenerate. Okay? Go fuck yourself with your Cody. Oh, come on. So I ain't shaved for a few days. I drink Cody. What's the big deal? <laughs> okay. You Do you realize <laughs> you're not shaving and, and drinking codeine? What's that sound like? That's a fucking Bowery bump. That's literally what a Bowery bump does. Jesus Christ. You fucking TB carrier. I know. No, I'm Thank getting you. over it. I'm getting over the sickness. You're yeah. a fucking lunger. Yeah. I just saw you cough blood into an old fucking napkin. Uh, oh, ugh. How do you fucking do this every day? No. That and them. And <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's fucking, I'm telling I'm you. unbelievable. You are like probably in the top five best radio hosts in the country. Yeah. Hands down. You know, at least top three, yeah. four or five. Okay? <laughs> this place could be lined with fucking humans. Yeah, I okay? know. Okay? You know what I mean? And there's, you're not the kind of radio host that needs them to make you look good. You right. can look good no matter what. So... Let me tell you, there's a place in heaven because you are an angel to keep this whole thing going. Look at this guy looking at me in there, this little young fucking intern, like he's going to come in here and do something. I will bend you over this table. Which uh, which one uh, of them did? I don't know. They're all the same. It looks like Clocks is giving him eyes. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Send fucking Clocks in here right now. Yeah. If he's going to fucking stink guy Rich Voss, okay, he's going to walk in and here then, and do it. And then he had no problem fucking snitching on him. Right. I know. He's right. I, I, That's I, right. Yeah, yeah. The SS. Come here. Sit down Fox. there. How old are you? I don't even know where your song is. <laughs> what? Why do you stink I and Rich Foss? I just can't help the way I look. It's, uh -huh. it's my face. Oh, I, I, oh God. <laughs> where do you get these fucking interns from the Roman Polanski School of Interns? <laughs> See, here's the thing. I got w one weirdo getting other interns. So when, you know, fucking Shelby sees this kid and he's like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's amazing. But it's why are you stink eyeing him? Why do you? What yeah, are you, what I, are you I don't. At him for like, let me tell you the way you looked at me. Like if we were in prison, I think you'd want to fucking cut me or something. Is that it? 
No, I don't think I'm a violent guy. I wasn't. I don't think I was getting off any violent vibes there. Well, why are you staring at the guest though? Yeah, I mean it was uncomfortable. I thought he was going to come fucking stick me with a pencil or a pen or something. I, I don't get a chance to sit in that seat often. I want to see what's going on here. But you don't fucking creep glance the guest. I'm, I, I apologize. <laughs> Avert your eyes, clocks. <laughs> I will look down. No, but why? What do you? you first I, of all, you're always uh, when you're staring at him. It looks like you smell something bad. There's I, something I, going on. I'm there. going. To, I'm, I, I I got a little yeah. nervous. I'm going. Yeah. Is this guy going to? You know, what yeah. the might just be Shelby. I mean, you know that's what, what it was. Are you in college? Uh, yes. Where? Brooklyn. Okay, what do you want to be? Uh, I want to work in uh, sports media. Are you Jewish? Yes. Yeah, I'm a Jew. I mean, you can't yeah. get any Jewier than him. Yeah. If unless he had those fucking fucking curls. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and 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 listen to me. You had me nervous, not because of your side. I mean, just the way you look like this. Like he's the kind of guy that will plan something. <laughs> yeah. You know right. what I mean? He's a planner. Right. And then all of a sudden, I'm walking somewhere. Boom, in the neck. Yeah, I mean, he's the type of kid to poison you or fucking... Yeah. There's some kind of... Uh, what was that bad boys? Remember the kid that somebody would open up a pack of cigarettes and there would be an explosion in yeah. their face? Or, I mean, the real bad boys, not the black one, the white oh, one, like Sean Penn. Yeah, the real one. Yeah. Where, he, where he beat the guy with the fucking soda cans in the yeah. sock. You want to be in sports media, right? Yes. I could say, I think I'm going to turn in ESPN in another 10 years and see a kid right up to the fucking camera going like this. The scores are in! I think that's going to be your thing to yell. The scores are in. The scores are in? <laughs> yeah, the scores are in. Put on my tombstone. Um, well, you're not dying, are you? No, no. Okay. You look tired today, too. Yeah, I really wasn't feeling well last night, but I'm good. Why do these people come in <laughs> when they're just sick? Tell me with they're your fucking surrounding me. What do you got? What? Um, it's it's not anything that like specifically. It, I sometimes just have like uh, gastrointestinal stuff, but so you came in here with the shits. <laughs> you can't let us catch stuff. You you call off when you're sick. See you to tell me we're this. inside these tiny rooms. I, he did call you. You couldn't fucking wake up because you're on codeine. <laughs> this is it's a drug clinic. It is. This is like a it meth is. clinic. Yes. I'm not surprised it's not lying at the door and I'll have little cups. Oh God, keep it down. You know what I always did, and this is my thing with, with methadone: chase it with a coke. A lot of people don't realize that it'll sell sell your stomach. Oh, the sweetness is so good. Yeah, well it's. The it's syrup. the fizz. The syrup also. lays there. But you do your methadone, hit it quick, chase it with some coke, and then you need a Valium kicker. Don't just let it do its own work. Valium kicker. I, and then you spend a nice long weekend of smoking. Uh, you never went in that direction, though. You were in the other direction. Yeah, I was for coke. You were I did never have a like twice, but... Yeah. Never a big fan? Yeah. Uh, uh. I was depressed enough. You're like, no, Bastille, thank you very much. No, thank you, Frank. Frank, you banked up, I'll smoke crack, like a man. <laughs> Panther Boy's here. <laughs> yeah, the adventures of Grimm's Dimsley and Panther Boy. Mark, uh, all right, well, listen, you kind of, look, at, here's a little tip, all right? Don't fucking stare at me. You're scaring me. All right, I mean, we I'm shouldn't looking. even have to tell you that as an intern, don't fucking eyeball people. <coughs> you know? Okay. If this was Lesson the old West, Boss would have put two in your chest. <laughs> I know. If this was a, what are you kidding? If this was a cafe in Little Italy. Yeah. Would, okay, right. Spider? Do you understand? Boom. I got you. You know what he's saying? Yeah. Go I'm, get your fucking shine box. That's what he's saying to you right now. I will, I will avert my eyes. How old are you? Uh, I'm 22 years old. He's a good kid. Uh, yeah, he's no, a good he kid. seems like a nice kid. He's a good kid. I try. Right, you're all right. Oh, thank you, guys. What's the you're oldest guy you've ever been with? 
<laughs> you don't have How come to. every time I walk into the studio? That's because one time you went <laughs> on the air and you said that you were gay. I did. I did have you guys <laughs> under the impression that I was gay for 10 minutes. You're, Why did that you, happen? Wait, you're not gay? Breaking yet. news. No, no, yet. I am not gay. Yeah, no. Listen to me. You are lying to yourself. There is nothing wrong with it. You keep, you, yeah, you're in the wrong business because you go to Hollywood with that, you know, that little boy face and, that, and, and the way you talk. Listen to me. Please. You don't even have to fuck with bears like him. You'll get no. the real yeah. deal. You get a twink. <laughs> like a sweet, hairless twink. Like, he, he, no one wants to see a twink on twink. That's fucking. That's not even relaxing. You got to be with a big movie producer. Okay. You know what I'm talking about, right? I know exactly. Marvel boy. That's right. I'm just gonna throw it up. I'm just gonna throw it up. X Men. Um, but see, here's the thing. You're a good kid. And if you did bring a guy in here, you'd be welcome. It wouldn't bother us, right? This is a safe place for you. Yes, right? I, we established that the first time I was here. It was definitely a safe place. We're going to accept you whatever decisions you make, all right? Mm -hmm. I mean, right now you're experimenting with girls, right? <laughs> experimenting. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's how you want to term it. Yeah. And I know you've had something where you say, that this has never happened before. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sure. But I think this kid's going to make it. Clocks is strong. He's the strongest yeah. of all the interns. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, making it sound like that, that's me like being like a, a big fish in a small pond, you know? Um, well, you even said he's in second place behind Big Easy. Big Easy. Yeah. yeah. But Peter Laurie's way in the back. Just Let, Let's have you tap out with Peter Laurie, all right? Uh, help out Peter Laurie? No. Tap out with Oh, this. tap out Peter Laurie. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Why are you upset looking? I'm not upset looking. It's just the way I look. I mean, I, I either look upset or I look like I want to kill somebody. But it's just my face. But maybe, like you said, it's your fucking in intestinal problems. Yeah, that that might be it. All right. Oh. What's it? Here he comes, the grandson of Peter Laurie. And you said you had comedy news for us. Oh, today, you know right? what? I left my notes in the booth. You did? Oh. I did. No, today was going to be your big I shot. I know. Why would you leave your? Go get it. All Go right. get your notes. Go get Jesus. I saw he him outside. Yeah. So I, earlier when I was coming out of Obi, and I said, uh, is uh, Ron Effect's producer here? He said, no. I go, well, can you tell somebody I might want to go on the air later? He goes, yeah. who are you? And I, Who are you? He said to me, who are you? And I've only been in this fucking building <laughs> 4,000 fucking times, but that's okay. You said... Not everybody I knows asked Rich Foss, who are you? I asked him what his name was. He had asked uh, who was producing... If the producer for the show was here and Chris was upstairs. So I said he's upstairs, and he uh, asked me to mention that he wanted to stop by, and so I just asked him what his name was so that I could get that information to Chris. Oh, my God. And then he said Rick Voss. And then I said Rick Voss. Rick Voss. Rick Voss is here. That sounds like really like the rich kid. Honestly, at least I got the boss right. Rick Voss, everybody. The boss is the hardest part. I think at least I got that right. That's the hardest. The three letters. Headlining comedian. You are the headlining. You're the comedy news journalist. Yes. What kind of imaging you got for this? What kind of music? I don't have music. Why not? Because this was kind of just put together. Yeah, when you put it together with music. Oh, okay. Lesson learned. Actually, <laughs> <Just like> clocks. <laughs> I'm learning. Well, let's hear some of your news. Well, you guys actually covered one of this. This is all from the iBang comedy news. But, but do you oh. realize that you're supposed to be doing it as news? You would yeah. never start the yeah. news, but most of you already covered okay. this. Right. And just taking well, all, off. Right, all right, all right, all right. We, okay, no problem. Uh, tickets are available for the Unmasked with Dane Cook next Wednesday, October 15th at Caroline's. 
in New York City. Uh, you can go to the iBang right now to find out how you can get yourself tickets. And I've also got members of Grambling Comedy Group. I'm sure you're familiar with them. They are. They have accused Saturday Night Live of ripping off their Tina Turner sketch. Uh, this with Sarah Silverman, um, Cecily Strong. Did I say that right? Well, you don't want who wrote it. I, I, I know. I mean, I, Sarah I could, Silverman was uh, the host of the show. Yes. Yeah, and she was involved in this skit with uh, Cecily Strong. Cecily yeah. Strong. That's her name, Cecily. Cecily. Yeah, Cecily. Cecily. Yeah. Yeah. Strong? Cecily. Cecily Strong and <laughs> Sashir Zamata. Mm. They apparently have ripped off, they ripped that, that Tina Turner cover band skit off from this Groundling comedy group, and a teacher at Groundling has actually accused SNL of doing this for years. They've been ripping off their skits, and he wants an outlet to let people know what's going on. And that's the news for today. I got a little older news. Yeah, well, that's the news on today. That's the October 7th news. I got some older ones here, but you want me to go into them? Broken you, Broken Wizard, Super Troopers 2, but, but production you, 2015. Yeah. But you, you're just yelling out words. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be doing a presentation. Are you trying to drag me into your news? No. What's it seems like telling. you're asking me questions as a news. This would be a separate news break. Oh yeah, I mean, I get. I mean, I gotta. This kind, I kind of started doing this after the show started, so it's kind of out there, and I didn't really have anyone to ask on clarification for these names. Shelby. And, yeah, well, Shelby's busy, and then when the show's sure. going on, I mean, this me, is this is when the uh, just ask me who oh, just ask me just who ask still her. writes <laughs> who still, <laughs> who still <laughs> writes on paper with a pencil or it's a, a pen. pen a pen sorry who. Who doesn't print things out? What do you mean? I mean, I'm sure lots of people still write things down. I'm oh. sure Man, I don't know. I'm sure there's people out there, though. <laughs> you don't think? You don't think yeah, anyone people, uses a yeah, pen anymore? Yeah, those people are in Uganda. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a, yeah <laughs> everyone uses pens. That's why Apple is going broke. Well, no, obviously people use computers, too. I'm just saying. I Why mean, don't you just fucking bring some smoke signals in <laughs> and then bring tomorrow, it to yourself? You got it. Hey. Tomorrow, tomorrow's uh, news is in Morse code. How about that? Oh, don't ad-lib. Listen, <laughs> put your ear to the ground. Tell us if there's any more guests coming in. <laughs> wow. I mean, hey, wow. I, if I litter, will, you, so, will a tear come from you your a, eye? You have a pen right in front of you. Why isn't this in your comedy news? The Foo Fighters are going to do a week... On the David Letterman show. I did read that, too. Um, I was trying to get the news from the last day or so, today and yesterday. I think that one was from the 5th, so I, I skipped over putting that one in my news. Now, is anybody bigger right now than the Foo Fighters? No, the Foo Fighters, are girl, they're just universally loved. Dave Grohl, we see Chris and I were out having a smoke yesterday. Dave Grohl's walking down the street, biggest rock star in the world right now. Yeah. Just him and some chick. He walks up in front of the building. He just starts smoking with all the rest of the smokers. It's amazing. Just talking like a regular person. And no security is with him. And then finishes the cigarette, hops in the elevator, heads upstairs. And we're sitting there watching all these people just pass by the biggest star in the world. It goes to show you, he could have shown up in a limo with eight... The entourage. You don't need it. Just be a person. Be like Rick Voss, just uh, <laughs> traveling around without a care in the world. 
All right, Turtle has a question for our comedy newsman. <laughs> Go ahead, Turtle. Hey, I just had a, a question that, you know, Voss has been in the industry for, what, 35 years? No. The comedy news journalist had no idea who he was. If you're going Voss to be the comedy news journalist... 30 years. You have got to know who everybody is, what they're doing, okay? Okay. At all times. At all times. Yeah. Okay. Ask me about any comic, and I can give you an update. Any comic at all? Almost. Yeah. All right. So let's. what's Jim Gaffigan up to this week? Well, he had a pilot on CBS, yeah. and I, I'm not sure if it was picked up. I read for it. I didn't get the part. And he's on tour doing theaters, selling out everywhere. He did another Letterman uh, recently. And that's and and I'm not even a big follower of Jim Gaffigan. You see that? It's amazing. It's very amazing. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah. That's where you need to be with, with your career right now, Peter Lorre. Well, Peter Lorre the third. That's a lot of pressure, but it, w pressure is what this business is about. Okay, you're either feeling pressure or applying pressure. It's up to you. What do you want to do? I want to apply pressure. Yeah, you want to put. Pressure on your sources. You're fucking working the phones. How did Voss beat me on this Gaffigan story? God damn it, I want an update immediately. You know, that's all you're doing. Yeah. If fucking Brian Regan takes a shit in Arizona, I want you to have the news up five minutes later. Wow. Yeah, wow. that quickly. I mean, do you want to be in this business? Yes. Is that your dream? Yes. What are you doing now for a day job? I put up fences. See, this is the thing. There's something else that you're putting up fences with, though, right? Yeah. That's between your heart and the audience. Yeah. And that's got to stop. Got to stop. You got to have a gate, right? Open that fucking fence, you know? Come on. <laughs> tear, those, tear that fence down. <laughs> tear that fence down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's going to get confusing, range, I mean. dude. Open range. Do you have a tough time when you put up fences over four feet tall? Well, that's not nice. See, I know that's a, see, but that's how comedy is. Your comedy's not yeah. nice. <laughs> Why you I was using an example. Short news with the comedy, and you're just fucking coming in for a quick clip. A short news? Yeah, that's an idea. Oh, wait, mine was me, but his isn't. <laughs> I mean, his his could be you know taken another way. I mean, that's you're just, exactly you're just, right. You're just making play. short jokes over here. Yeah, that's Why comedy. Why you come into short people? Thought... Could be your fucking theme song. <laughs> I'm sorry. What the song "Short People" oh, by Randy gonna... Newman? Oh. That could be your fucking oh. theme song. Oh. I, I would. I While well, you do this, you do the comedy news. You're sitting under a little bridge, and if a fucking goat comes over, you jump out and try to grab it. Wow! It. And how about you come in later and take some shorthand with me, since you're good with a fucking yeah. pencil? You're wearing a short suit like fucking John John, and you just say the president's dead every time you come in. Your catchphrase is going to be the president's dead. Oh my god! Wasn't that fun? Everyone loved John John in that little yeah, fucking you short suit. Me. Yeah, <laughs> you kidding me? Fucking uh. Neil, Neil Diamond wrote this song. <laughs> right. Sweet Caroline. You Whoa. fucking bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. I hate this song. Why? Because you think I haven't been like mocked with this in my past with this song? No, we're with you, dude. I'm sure. Thank you. I appreciate that you guys. Now. I I appreciate that you guys are with me, but yeah, everyone else who plays this song for me is just making fun of me. Fucking so. Bob Zamuda said to me, "Who's that fucking little man?" I love it. Did, did he really? Yeah, yeah. that's cool. There are people fucking saying good shit about that's you, awesome. dude. There's a lot of people saying good stuff about you. That's right. After he said Andy Kaufman's still alive. <laughs> 
Here's Here. the fucking thing. You're a journalist, right? Go get a shovel, dig up that grave, and find out whether the <laughs> moon is locking wow. or not. That's your fucking place. Oh my yeah. God. You bring me the head of Vandy Collins. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> why wouldn't you want to do that as the, as the news journalist? Why wouldn't I want to dig up a dead body? Yes. I mean, it's kind of gross, but I mean, I definitely like the answer. Who is you know? your fucking hero as a, as a radio journalist? Um, Paul Harvey is the guy who made me want to kind of get into broadcast journalism. What was your he's, favorite? He's dead now. What was your favorite Paul, Paul Harvey story? What do you mean? What was my favorite part of this story? What was your favorite Paul Harvey story? What was the one that you said, "Fuck, this is great"? Oh, maybe man. I could do this. this. Is Peter Lorre the third? I don't even know. I can't even. Well, after Paul Harvey died, did you at least start to listen to Steve Harvey's radio show? <laughs> did that work for you at all? Nah, I watch Steve Harvey on the Family Har Feud sometimes. Yeah, to get on that. Right. People pick on you because you're how you, fucking people will pick on anybody for anything. But you got to fuss on what? You're fucking hunchback. So they, what? I know. I'm a little self-conscious about it. Why? Why? Because nobody wants to be a hunchback. You're a hunchback. It's, you're fucking fine. You're okay? fine. You're that's why, that's why I want to go into radio. Women dig you. Women fucking dig Do you. They? Yes. Wow. And you know why? Because you look like you're going to go for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You look like you'd eat ass. That's why they're going to fucking oh like you. That or yeah. they could put their drink on your back. <laughs> Either way, let no, it fucking happen. You know what? Paint your What's back like a fucking eat? tortoise shell and come crawling in on the floor. <laughs> you show that woman she's in for a long, slow night. You know? Eat fucking flies in front of her. Yeah. Just be different, yeah. man. Be your fucking self. Fuck her up in the All bell right? tower. All right. I mean, I don't know if that's myself calling shave in your, like a, no, a tortoise. No, shave your fucking head and paint a nipple on the top. What? Just be yourself. Be the be the you that I know you can fucking be, man. You're home now, finally. <laughs> and you're telling me that if I shave my head and put a nipple up there, that uh, that's the me you know I yeah. can be? Yeah, man. That's what I you, believe that's, in you. That's what you think of I me? I fucking no, believe in you. you. can be. All right? Yeah, well, I get fired for... Uh, for shaving my head and putting a nipple up there? Hey, you have always could go back and fucking, you know, drag fence posters know, out in I, the fucking snow. I'm trying not. I'm trying to get away from doing that. Yeah. You know? What kind of fucking fences you mainly put up? Cyclone or barbed wire? Oh, we put up chain link. We put up PVC fences. We put up wood fences. Do you guys, fences. We, do you guys look down on those electronic fences that aren't there? <laughs> no. <laughs> Like if a dog no, runs through like next hurts. Yeah, they, yeah. they no. fucking run through and they yeah. blow up. Like that movie with uh, Rucker Howard or something. Yeah, somebody. Which one that did the, they wore the thing? Why, why are you looking up shit? I, I can't remember why the can't name of it. Don't know the person. name of the movie. I've seen it. Look, here's your future can go two fucking different directions right now. All right? You're a big comedy news journalist fucking on the radio. Or you're some codeine freak, <laughs> fucking refusing to tie and Do you wearing want this? a two thousand two cool yeah, t-shirt. I mean, you're I looking more successful than I am at the moment. So oh, why would you fucking should I get say on coding? Because I put up fences. That's the only thing I get paid to do. I'm addicted just, to coding. It's not fun. It's not a fun thing to be. All right. So you don't want this. Man. This, is, this whole right. place is bad for my sobriety. It is. It's <laughs> awful. I have, I have to go to a meeting before I come in, or the morning as soon as I get out. Holy shit! Yeah. I Twenty four step program after I leave here. No kidding. Just, I was just in a fucking fetal position, crying with uh, eighteen strangers holding me, going, "You don't have to go in there." 
stay here with us. One, one guy who's got, like, you know, uh, fucking, his inside looks like, uh, you know, they're making fucking potholders with stents. Uh, you know, this whole, it, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> Thanks. You know, how old are you? I'm 31. Oh, oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, no. No, you're 31. Things are looking, you're looking down again. You're working. You know how many yeah. people wish they were working? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm grateful You're for fucking it, working, for and it. you're in the top radio show in the country. You're fucking in Midtown Manhattan right now, I okay? am, indeed. I mean, you're not fucking starting at the bottom, you're starting at the top, kid. Yep. Yeah. All right? And you came in here. You busted out some fucking comedy news. Plus... <laughs> Little comedy look, news. Hey, the callers are crazy about you. Listen to them. Wow. See that? They love it. They can't That's, get enough of this. Look at the feedback you're getting right now. That's good. There was one guy on the phone who said I was great before. That was nice right. to hear. So, yeah. when I was doing the phone. Those guys are jerking off. They're attracted to you. You are doing better than a lot of fucking people on this planet. So don't That's sell true. yourself short. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, don't sell. You know, I didn't mean it like that. For real, <laughs> don't. There's Seriously, fucking, you got you got something a lot of people don't have. You got your fucking health. Physically, mentally, and emotionally. All right. All right. You come from a fine lineage. Your grandfather was a great movie star. <laughs> That's true. I can't you know? live up though. I'm trying to live up to that. You know. Yeah, but he had to grow into his whole scene. You know what I mean? He didn't make it as a young man. Um. Here's uh, Jay, Shaolin. Go ahead, Jay. Hey, what's up, man? Yeah. Hey, the movie that their heads blow off is Running Man. Well, Kodo and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, they're trying to escape that prison. Yeah, that is true in the very beginning. Oh, Running yeah. Man. No, not, to, that, not that one. There was another one earlier with like Rucker Howe or something. He was in a... Blade Runner. In, no, Blade Runner. no, I'm not in Hitcher. a prison camp. And, yeah, Hitcher. And, and they wore bands around their neck and they would blow up. Whatever the fuck. Who cares? <laughs> the thing is, it's all working. Um, okay, Rick Boss. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Rick Voss. Rick Voss is looking for you. Right. My, <laughs> Rick Voss. That's how I said it. My yeah. wife would, we were, I was working a stress factory once and I pull up in a Mercedes and it's not even a good Mercedes and some guy goes, live in large, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mark. Mark, go ahead, buddy. Is this uh, St. Ron's Infirmary? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I gotta tell the uh, Peter Laurie guy he uses too many ums and ahs in his presentation. Uh, uh, realize that early on, maybe take a deep breath or a pause. But uh, if he he wasn't prepared, I thought he did very well for the I first like time. Your first time out. Plus, you came in without the music. You came out without the bump. You know, like yeah. Now it's time for Sirius XM comedy news. Right. I mean, yeah. this was just like a, a, a dry test you know, run. Can for I, what can we're I doing. give you something? You should be doing work with a girl. Go back and forth. You and Lauren should be doing it. Uh, Lauren is. Uh, there's pictures of her. Up on the entire bank because we're putting together the date for her. Now, here's the thing about her. She's 22 years old. She dates guys in their mid-40s to mid-50s. Wait, is that, that's not the little hot Spanish girl yet. No, it's the, no the, the blonde girl. Where blonde is she girl. at? Uh, she should be down the hall. She's learning down the hall. I don't know whether she's working with Cousin Brucey or not today. Wait, wait, and she works with you guys? No, she just works here in the building. Wait, let me see. And yeah. she goes out with older guys? Yeah. Older guys that like m music from the 50s and 60s. That's me? Yeah. Oh, I'm married. Yeah. 
And <laughs> but you know maybe uh, <laughs> you know maybe if Bonnie gets a little creative, she might like to jump in too. Yeah, well, you yeah know, we're, not, we're not molesters. We're not. Gonna, how yeah, old is she? Twenty-two. I mean, legally, there's nothing. The law can't stop. This isn't seventh heaven. This is a fucking nice, yeah. legitimate daddy issue dream date. But the fact of the matter is, sometimes like when you know. You and your wife are driving along. You see a girl hitching. You look at each other like, hey, you want to kill an hour? Yeah. You know what I mean? Huh. Want to have some fun? Fill some time. But her yeah. face, I don't know. She looks like a reverse conehead. See, the thing is, she works here. We all know her. No, you I'm can't say kidding. stuff like that. So, no, really? What does he yeah. do? <laughs> all right. Say, I'm like, that's the thing. Good but, luck, man. But do you think you. that maybe it would be better for you to do the news with someone? Sure. I mean, I, I could do that. We do that in school. We, we read off of each other. So. How, how's it been going for you at school? Well, I'm not in school at the moment because I'm here, so I'm, yeah. not, I'm not attending classes at the moment. But, but how, yeah. how long did you go? I went there for almost a year, almost a year. And what what are you doing with with that? What do you, what like, we, what do we, how long do you have to go to the Connecticut School Broadcast? I have to finish this internship, and I'll complete my. Uh, and that'll be it for you. Yeah. Mm. Did you play with the football team, the Connecticut School, School of Broadcasting football team? I did not make the team. I did not. <laughs> We're having a good year, though. Oh, yeah. You guys are going to... Um, play Notre Dame this week. Here's uh, Jerry. Jerry, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Uh, you must really like this guy because whenever he was starting his thing, you were trying to tell him. And he shushed you. Yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. I'm if you go back and listen to you, like, I got shh. I, sh <laughs> I didn't shush you. I did talk over you. You I, do I talk it all the time. That's uh, part of your thing. Uh, Andrew. Andrew, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, that movie that Rich is talking about, Mimi Rogers was in that too. Nice yeah. tight jumpsuit. But uh, I got some advice for uh, Peter Laurie. Why don't you hang out with Jeffrey Gorey and get a couple of snappy outfits? I, um. You could get a flashy Gurian look about you. I just don't. I don't know if that's going to help me with radio. You know. Well, nobody does. You know why? Because you you feel when you dress you dress for success. Uh, right. You feel better about yourself. Ron's wearing a sport coat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's wear he's wearing the diction. So <laughs> you can, if you're wearing a sport coat or a suit. You feel better, right. so you perform better. I, I, Look, I hear you. I hear you you dress, it, dress it like you already have the job. That's why Gurian dresses like H.G. Wells, because he dresses like that, and he's going to be able to invent his own time machine soon. <laughs> <laughs> see, see this? Regular yeah. sweatshirt and pants. You see this? But very expensive pants, very expensive sweatshirt, okay? Not, your, not a regular... Rolex, see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's all a front, but people don't know that I'm completely broke, but I still... He wears it. I wear it. He oh. wears it like a black man. You know what I mean? Everything you own should be around your neck. I make it flaws. You know, all uh, the assets. I just I just left Opie's radio show yeah. and came here and bought a new... Uh, I had a gold chain on this white gold. Yeah. I said, well, I can't wear gold with white gold, so I got white gold and white gold. See that? Yeah. See that necklace? I do. It's quality. You know what that necklace is assigned for? Uh, Judaism. Yeah. See that? You yeah. are breaking your stories. I mean, clocks clock has been you know teaching me some things. Okay. Oh. I like what you do. I doing. gotta go. See you, my friend. Thank you. I, I just got a meeting, so I don't want to. I understand. It, this is, without a doubt, so much fun. And I want to tell you, one of the funniest times I had, one of the, I 
hands down probably the funniest thing I've ever heard on the radio was the matchbook thing with Fez that he gave you a matchbook oh, or something. The first night he met. Holy I never laughed for a second because it's fucking absolutely true. <laughs> That's the most exposed I've ever felt in my life. Oh, what a great... Oh. But thank you for having me, folks. If you haven't seen Women Aren't Funny on iTunes, please take a look at it. You'll like it. Uh, it's it's just it's just so much fun. Sorry if I interrupted anybody or talked over anybody. <laughs> you did fine. Everything was great. <laughs> I think you I, have, huh? you, yeah, you don't have to leave with regrets. You did fantastic. All right, I'm going to go tinkle. All right, see you later, pal. So long, guys. Thanks. You can also hear My Wife Hates Me uh, tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on... Tonight's? Tonight. <laughs> a channel it's on tonight's. <laughs> XM 103, Sirius 206, OP Radio, uh, My Wife Hates Me. And you can pick up the documentary, Women Aren't Funny, on iTunes. Now, Chris, I know that you, because you tell me about it all the time, you follow the fappening, right? Yes, I do, yes. Uh... It has been, they've taken something that since at least the 1980s, which was the first exposed um, sex tape, celebrity sex tapes. You had Jane Kennedy, uh, who used to do the CBS um, pregame show for the NFL. Uh, you had Rob Lowe. Oh, yeah. These things would be passed around later. Uh, more stars would come out, and it was always fun. It was always enjoyable. The fappening turned on us, where that if you looked at any of these pictures, you were now considered a bad person. And Jennifer Lawrence has now said that she considers this a sex crime. <sighs> we're now at the point of sex crime. So okay, I'm a Jennifer Lawrence. I'm talking to you. I'm a rapist. I'm a sex crime person. That's least, what she's saying, or at the very least, a molester. If not I don't a rapist. know. What I, you're trying to get something specific. <laughs> well, that's what when I hear her say that's a sex crime. I'm not saying even. I think she sees you more of this a peeping tom. You're peeping where you shouldn't be peeping. You're creeping where you shouldn't be creeping, and you start seeping <laughs> where you're always seeping. Let's <laughs> go out. Now, do you, Chris Stanley, as a fappening fan, feel like you're committing a sex crime? I'm not committing a sex crime. I'm just going on the internet and looking at women of age, their bare breasts, and sometimes vaginas. They don't mean to be looked at. You've taken something from them. I didn't take anything from them. The guy who cacked their accounts on the iCloud took something from them. That guy's a no criminal. No one cacked their accounts. <laughs> Cracked their accounts. Hacked their accounts. Hacked is what I meant to say. Hacked. I, they're up there. I'm taking a look. All right, that guy's gonna get. If they ever get catch him, he's gonna be doing time. Well, I don't think there's anyone to do time, but I will tell you this: Google is now furiously pulling down any links that they can. And I've never heard of Google doing that before. No, they're deleting like tens of thousands of links and and, and anything they can find related to the happening. And no one has been found guilty here. No one has been arrested. There's no hacker or even website charged no, with this. No, nothing. No. They don't know who did it. They, I mean, they're at, I guess they're actively searching, but the lawsuit was brought against Google because, you know, everyone Googles and people can Google for whatever, Jennifer Lawrence naked, and that, that could come up. So, yeah, Google's going through all their search, their, through their search engine and deleting everything they possibly can. It's, it's insane. Now, why doesn't Google go and delete the... Um uh, Photoshop that's been around since 1994, probably. That, I have no idea, because, yeah, that, when the Internet started, when you could get pictures and see thumbnails, yeah, I, you had just 
Snoops has had photoshopped on the porn stars. Now, not only that, what about the amount of upskirts that we've seen of famous people? Nip slips. Paparazzi shots. They're all paparazzi shots. The oopsie bikini shots. Like, oh, I forgot to wear my panties. Everybody has run those things and even promoted them. But now, because it's Jennifer Lawrence, <laughs> there is a guilt factor. Look, I like when this first happened, I always thought, like, I am never going to see Jennifer Lawrence naked. Like, I just figured she would never pose for anything. She'd never be naked in a movie. Why aren't the people who are outraged about this, why are they not outraged about myexgirlfriend.com? Because I, I have no I have no idea because it's pretty much the same thing because those, those it's absolutely the same thing you're just saying one of them is more um, famous it's revenge they, they label that revenge porn it's just you know it's flat out mean it's flat out you know trying to hurt somebody that you used to have a relationship with um, but it seems funny to me that this thing. I've never known anyone to have the power of Jennifer Lawrence to actually change the zeitgeist, to turn something to where the entire country not only wanted to protect her, but suddenly say, the things that we've always done are awful. Uh, you know, and somehow I wish that... Jennifer Lawrence would say something like, we need to get off of oil and get a new kind of fuel turned <laughs> solar. Within two weeks, you'd see people with Flintstone cars fucking, you know, starting them with their bare feet. How did she get so powerful? I mean, she has, she has what, one Oscar and another nomination? Yeah. She's a perfect intersection of award-winning hot and then the technology aspect, and it all came together, and that's why things are getting done. Because Al-Qaeda has been putting out videos on, like, YouTube, but Google doesn't take those down. You'd think, like, of all the things they want to yank, this is the thing they're going to try to go after? It's odd. It's odd. Um, here's uh, John. John, you're on the Run of Fez show. You know, i got to uh, agree with Chris Stanley. You know, it, it's not a sex crime. If anybody other than Chris was saying it, I think anything he says is a sex crime, I swear to God. He actually says it's not a sex crime. Um, it's it's a tough one to get your head around. It really is. By the way, when Rick Voss was in here earlier today and just pointed out how inept you guys were, it actually hurt my feelings a little bit. I just, I've had a cool I felt look. ashamed of my own team. Don't feel ashamed of me. I had a little coding. I try to get healthy. That's all. Why aren't you in the fucking sick room then? And then I got the other kid coming in. Oh, I've got the shits. Why are you in this fucking room? I'm not contagious. I'm fine. I just, I just, I just want to keep the cough down so I'm not coughing into my Shelby hasn't even taught these kids how to follow the fucking bit when we're going to a situation. How to start to move the calls into that area. It's... God damn it, Chris, you called it F-Troop the other day, and I, I certainly agree with you now. It's F-Troop. I need to take a... I need to wrangle these interns underneath my wings. That's what I need to do. We're more like the Indians that the F-Troop guy used to fight. Oh, no. no. We're the, we're the Indians that used to fight with Go 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 first. We should fucking call our show Whoopie Doopie. We having some fun. Uh, by the way, Highlander, we never got around to doing that today. 
Let's go through the names as we sit. Highlander. There can be only one comedian football challenge. One comedian will live forever in infamy, never to be forgotten. There can be only one. sing with us. I don't know the words. You don't have to, it's, kid. You jump in, you have okay. fun. It's Queen. Everyone what knows Queen. What do they fucking teach you at that Connecticut school broadcasting? <laughs> nah, not a, lot of, not a lot of music stuff, honestly. Eric Stangle. Eric Stangle. Eric Stangle. Well, I'm telling you, I got a lot of faith in Eric Stangle. Has survived another week. Let's hear you singing on your own. Is this all? You're the best around. High voice it, though. Falsetto. No. Oh, man. Yeah, I give him a falsetto. You're the best around. Nothing's going to keep you down. You're the best. I think Shelby, Shelby's really good at that. He's going to teach me a thing or two. Don't put yourself down. Yeah, don't, I'm not putting myself down. Yeah. Just, you know, Shelby, i got to work Shelby out of this. This is your time to shine, all right? <laughs> this is your time to uh, shine. Dave Smith. Are you ready? Sing it loud and proud. Has survived another week. There's a part of it that you just get old like old English. You're the best. It's fun. It's fun to see. Only one last person. Jeffrey Gurian. Jeffrey Gurian. How's this fucking guy still in it? Jeffrey Gurian. When is H.G. Wells going to get on his time machine? <laughs> Jeffrey Gurian has survived another week. Nine more weeks of this, <laughs> and this was a week where we did not lose one comedian, Gambler. Everybody came through. I told you I've had good feelings about Eric Stengel. He's he doesn't fuck around. Gurian is... He's the Gurian's a shocker. <laughs> because that son of a bitch... By the way, he's going to be with Robert De Niro tonight. Wow. Yeah, the Friars are giving De Niro the best around uh, trophy, they call it. <laughs> then they all, <laughs> they all gather around him and sing very high. This is the Joe Esposito <laughs> Award. That's who did that song? It's the guy, yeah, apparently, Joe Esposito, who's the guy who did the best around. <laughs> None's ever going to keep you down. down. <laughs> What's keeping him down? Nothing. Too bad. You having fun, though? Yeah. Good. Yes. I'm going to tell you right now, he might not be the best, but by far he's my favorite intern. <laughs> Thank and you. And he's the one that I believe in, and I believe in comedy news. Thank you. Are you working tomorrow? Yes. Shelby, I'm going to sign you to this. I want music, actualities. I want this thing punched up. I want this kid to have something. 
And let me tell you something. There's nothing different between comedy news and political news, sports news. You've got to treat it the same way all the time, no matter what you're covering. When those guys did Howard News, remember when series started? Yeah. Those were real old school radio news journalists, and they attacked every story they would like if they were following the mayor's race. It was, it was kind of brilliant to see their professionalism with that. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got to do here instead of acting like, oh, it's just comedy news. No one gives a shit about I comedy. Didn't, I didn't say that. Oh, my gill wasting my life on comedy? <laughs> I didn't say yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I want you to do. Waste your life on comedy and be the best around. Nothing's going to keep you down. Because you're the best. Where? Around. around. Chris, I'm starting to feel a little sick now myself. <laughs> I'm not... I, I, I just have a cough. That I, I have coughed once today. Could you do me a favor? Sure. I want you to go get me a Coca-Cola, but I want you to get me one of the ones that has a Ron can. Okay. There's a, there's a place down on 39th Street. Okay. Um, let's go to a break. You should be able to make it back. Okay. Um, it's called Share a Coke. All right, Share And a Coke. it's got to say Ron, and there's another one that says Bennington. If you could get both of those together. I'll look. And give them to me. I'd like to see my full name, but you know what? I'm going to have one for you because I want you to share a Coke with a legend. You know what I mean? I, that would be an honor. I, I'll, right. I'll go down and get him right now. All right. Can you be back by the end of this break? Yeah. Yeah. Chris Stanley on his way to get a legendary Coke. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Comedy Hits Channel 99. <laughs> Listening to a radio show, a radio show you can listen to online. It's the Ron and Fez show. Fez Watley, 11th stent. He shan't be in today. Chris Stanley doesn't make it back in time, but I know he had a long way to run for those Cokes. Um, I asked him to get one that had my name on it. And um, DJ. Uh, famous name actually tweeted, Chris is going to come back with a Coke that says Benton because Chris can never say Bennington. Um, Chris Stanley, Codeine Fiend, yes. But still a goddamn good person. Uh, make sure that you're part of the next Unmasked, and this is going to be a hell of an Unmasked. Dane Cook live on Broadway with us at Caroline's on Broadway. That's next Wednesday, uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors. This is going to be a real good time. Hey, uh, Jessica, Jessica, you're on the Run of Fest show. I just want to congratulate Mushmouth Chris Stanley on making Rick Voss sound like the most articulate person ever. Rick Voss sounded like a rock star after coming in here and correcting the stuff that he was hearing. Um, 
bunch of people waving to us as they're going through. They're all happy, like, we're seeing a real radio show live. It's exciting. I know how, yeah, get a picture of that for yourself. Uh, I know how exciting that is. And this is why we put the curtains up, because people are taking shots of us as we're sitting here. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Hi, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Ron, I, I got screwed up again. I got lost trying to get those cokes. Who is this? It's Chris. I got lost again. I don't know where I am. Chris. Where am I? Chris who? Stanley. Chris Stanley, your producer. You said we had to get cokes down 39th Street. I, I took a wrong turn somewhere. I don't know where I am. Did you just say I sent you out for a cult? Cokes. Cokes, like the beverage. Chris. Yeah. This sounds like a chance for listeners to win by calling 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Call in right now at 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ and play... It's time for Ron and Fez's Where Am I? Where am I? If you can figure it out, you can win. Oh, God, where am I? Brought to you by Wyndham Hotels and Resorts, part of the Wyndham family of brands. There's a Wyndham waiting. So, Chris, does that help you? You know where you are now? I don't know where I am. I don't, where am I? I don't know. I'm, so, I'm lost. First of all, slap yourself in the face and get a hold of yourself, Chris. I, I'm freaking out. Look, just what? look around. Can you see anything that can let us know how to help you? I, I'm looking. I, I, I feel like I'm in the. I, I definitely. I'm definitely in the western part of the state that I'm in. Well, how can you see that you're in the western part of the state? I have a compass. Oh! I'm definitely in the western part of the state that I am in. That's what I can figure out from right where I am right now. Let's see if we can get any help here. Um, Chris in New Mexico. He's in the western part of his state. You know where he is? Hey, Stanley, turn around. There should be a state capital right there. <laughs> what a dope. There's no... Any, uh, all right, Chris, keep looking around. I'll just ask you this. Are you in a state capital? No, I'm not. <laughs> wow. That's a first. Um, <laughs> all right, so I'm in the West Is it a big state. city? No, it's not. Actually, under 200,000 people live here where I am. How can you tell that just by looking? I, I, I have very keen eyesight. I can count very quickly. Uh, here's John in Pennsylvania. John, well, what's uh, up, guys? under 200,000 people and in the western part of the state. Uh, I, I think maybe he's in, uh, is he in Pittsburgh? Are you in Pittsburgh? That's the western part of the state. And there are no. 200,000. No, I am not in Pittsburgh. Oh, incorrect. Um, Chris. Yeah. I'm trying to find Chris Stanley. Can you give me another hint, Chris? I got, I got another hint. All right, so I'm in the western part of the state. 
Under 200,000 people live here. And I guess this is, we call this a fun fact. First city in the United States to add fluoride to its drinking water. How can you see that? Well, I, 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 found, a, I found a stream and I, I drank out of it. Mm. Chris, any idea where he is? Oh, I have no idea. Let me see. Uh, Syracuse. Are you in Syracuse? No, I'm not in Syracuse. Oh, incorrect. Chris, are you sure you're not in Syracuse? I would know if I was in Syracuse, Ron. I'm definitely not in Syracuse. Um, I still am totally lost. Here's Brian in Texas. Brian, uh, let's see if Chris can't give us one more clue. Anything else? I just walked into a cemetery. Looks like Gerald Ford is buried here. Wow, I just found Gerald Ford's tomb. All right, Gerald Ford is buried there, under 200,000 people, western part of the state, first city to get fluoride. Do you know, Brian? I'm going to go Dearborn, Michigan. Dearborn, Michigan, that sounds pretty good. Incorrect. Incorrect. Damn it. Chris, are you anywhere close to Lake Michigan? I'm... It's actually 25 miles east of Lake Michigan. Now, how can you figure that out? I, I can see. I like. I have binoculars with me. Actually, I brought them with me when I went to go get those cokes, and it could tell me how long it is from where I am. All right, 25 miles east of Lake Michigan, um, Gerald Ford buried there. Fluoride in the water, under 200,000 people, western part of the state. we got to be getting close to you, Chris. I um, hope so, because I'm freaked out. Joe in Utah. Yes, I believe I know where he is. Where's that? Uh, is it Grand Rapids, Michigan? That sounds about right. Correct! Yes. You found me! Chris, you're in Grand Rapids. Why don't you just come on back? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll head that back over. Try. And, uh, for thanking, thank you so much for helping us, Joe. Uh, Shelby, you got a prize for Joe? He just won Up in the Air, signed by Vera Farmiga. I love that Vera Farmiga. She's great. What did I just see her in the other day? Oh, she's in The Judge. Yeah, in the, I think the Bates Motel show on A&E. She's in a lot of things these days. And the Ron and Fez Where Am I game show is brought to you by Wyndham Hotels and Resorts, part of the Wyndham family of brands. There's a Wyndham waiting. Are they related to Barry Wyndham, the wrestler at all? I think they're close or distant cousins. Mm. I can't wait till Chris gets back here. I gotta tell him everything's changed. <laughs> I don't know how he got a, like he had time to buy a compass. He should just go grab the cokes, come back. Why does yeah. he waste his time on? I don't clocks? even care about the cokes now. I just want him home safe. I worry. That's all I care about. I worry that he got involved in another sex crime, like the first sex crime that he was involved in. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. Hey, how was Grand Rapids? It was crazy. I can't believe I ended up there just trying to get a couple of cokes. Hey, is the fall colors coming in? Yeah, it's pretty nice out there actually. Yeah. Never been to Grand Rapids before. The nicest time of the year, isn't it, fall? Love the weather. It's beautiful. But don't you hate the fact that it's the dying month? You know what I mean? That everything's dying, and there's beauty in that death. 
you know, I someone gave me a uh, someone in the office gave me a plant to take care of, and it just died. I feel really bad about it, so I just have a dead plant next to my desk. Who gave it to you? Not sure of the man's name, <laughs> but he was just walking up and down. He was walking up and down the hall, saying, Does "Anyone want this plant? It's really easy to take care of." Here, and I was like, "Sure, I'll take care of it." I thought, "Hey, you know, has a responsibility for a living thing," and it died within a, a month. You already have a responsibility for a living thing, Shelby. He barely, he hardly ever feeds me. Like, as he says, I'm going to go do something. My my bowl's still not filled up, but then he's just <laughs> out the door. Why aren't you trying to at least leave him in the sunshine? My bowl's always filled up, right? Weed. Oh, that's <laughs> disgusting, right? Are you talking about an asshole or a weed bowl? Weed bowl, weed bowl. Both are a sin. You smoke weed every day? Yeah, I smoke weed every day. Jeez. What's wrong with Just you? make it a, a treat for yourself at like the end of the week. Something. You're such a pussy, Shelby. Oh, you can't smoke weed every day. You might get addicted. Now, that's not what I... It makes it better if you don't do it as much. I saw a thing in, that said that marijuana is every bit as addictive as heroin. Like, mentally? Maybe even physically. You, you know, you're acting like it's not addictive, but then you smoke it every day. I like to have, I like to smoke at the end of the day. I like to, you know, it's like a little treat. You know? It's like I'm going to fucking smoke my bowl or my joint and like, all right, I'm a little baked now. I like the feeling. Shelby can only handle it once a week. We should do a Flintstones thing with you where it's the end of the day, you're sliding down the thing and let down the dinosaur and lighten up a bowl. I'd love to do that. The Dane Cook tickets are out there. Be the first ones to get them. Uh, and you want to jump on this early because, uh, you know, once Dane Cook tweets, our listeners are going to get lost in the fray. That's right. And that's happening next Wednesday, October 15th at 3 p.m. at Caroline's Comedy Club in New York City. Go to the iBang.com to get, uh, to get tickets. Don't dilly-dally. This is only a week away. You got to get on it. Yeah, you got to jump on it. And um, there is, uh, well, we're doing Russell Brand one day, Dane Cook the next. All thanks to Michelle. Since Michelle took over a mass. But did you notice this? Bob Zamuda came in here, and we never saw Michelle again. Very weird. I thought she was hanging. I thought she was having a good time. Does she hate Zamuda? That's the that's the that's the vibe I got off of it. She's like, "Oh, Zamuda's here. Peace out." Before it gets ugly. She stayed for D'Onofrio, so you, it makes you wonder. It makes me worry that we won't see her for thirty years. I hope I hope we see her soon. Not thirty years. I mean, it's a crime to fake your own death, Michelle. I wonder if she's in Grand Rapids. I should look for her. Is it a crime to kill yourself? No, but you you, ha you have to be dead. Once you're dead, that's fine. But you can't just say you're dead and then not be. Kind of just fucks with people, makes them start looking for you. I think suicide is illegal. And if you help someone commit suicide, you could be convicted of murder. Murder in the worst degree, I like to say. That's what Kevorkian got in trouble with, right? I mean, trying to help people get to commit suicide. Yeah. Kevorkian loved to fucking help people commit suicide. I was just calling. I can't believe Shelby hasn't killed himself yet. Or at least some attempts, you know? 
I always, cries for help. I always keep it in my back pocket, though, just as an option. Well, we all do that. It's never too far away. I mean, fucking death is right there. Staring it in the face. We're like poets. I wear death like a cheap pair of sunglasses. I don't think I could kill myself because I think suicide has touched my family too much. Was there a lot of suicides in your family? Yeah, my mom, my, I guess, grandmother, when my mom was like in elementary school. So now me doing it, would, that's too One much. One on each side. She's already, <laughs> she's already got that out of the way. Um, did, did your grandmother say why she committed suicide? Her daughter was just so awful that she couldn't take life? Yeah, just, I got to hop in this car, close the garage door. Was that how she did it? Yeah, it was, that's how they did it in the 60s. I know a, a kid who came home and his parents... Both of them were in the car, in the garage, both passed out, and he had to open up the door and, and get out. But while he was at school, they both decided to whack themselves. Jeez. Amen. For a second, I thought maybe it was an accident. Well, they couldn't get the door open. We send him away to a camp or a relative. Don't make him come home to find that. Why don't you become a, a cutter? That could be your thing, Shelby. I never understood that because now I'm all bummed out and my wrists hurt from cutting myself. Now I'm even now I'm double sad. No, no, just like a cutter, like you cut your inner thigh. Like I'll cut your inner thigh for you so you can manage the pain, emotional pain. I can handle my own cutting. I don't. That's not the problem. That's not the problem with it. I know uh, Shia LaBeouf was cutting himself on his last movie. There's a story up on the Interbank. That he didn't like the way the makeup looked, so he started to slice his own face <laughs> open. And then just, the, during the whole shooting, just opening up the same cuts over and over just to make it look real. This movie's going to be fucking great. Looks better than I thought it would. Expect, like, like LaBeouf, LaBeouf gets a lot of heat lately for... I think he like ripped off a whole movie from somebody and then did something else. But um, What's his name? Brad Pitt said he's great. Brad Pitt says he's one of the best actors he's ever worked with. Well, both just got in trouble because he got kicked out of that uh, play because he like attacked someone and then got drunk and got arrested. Send me in Peter Laurie again. I want to see if he's got an update on comedy news. Peter Laurie, get in there. Comedy news update now. This is how you got to talk to these interns. Hey, did we ever put up the stupid picture of the kid doing the Tom Jones dance? Peter Laurie, how's comedy news coming along? Um, it's going coming along okay, I guess. So. We've been talking about self-injuring, right? Self-injury. Cutting. Mm-hmm. Bruising. Yeah. Is there something you want to tell me? No. I see a lot of bruises on your arm, Shannon. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm in a, I'm in a job, you know, where I'm getting cut up a lot. These are not self-inflicted. I just want to make that clear. Is someone else bur- hitting you? No, no, the fences are, you know, doing a number on me. They're heavy. I think it's clocks. <laughs> so you pick up a weight and you bruise from it? No, I mean, sometimes I pick it up and I just scrape on them. And uh, up here, this was poison ivy at one point. It's, and that makes you feel less like you're unliked? No. You feel like you're controlling the pain? No, no, You no. turn the emotional really, pain into physical I, pain. I wish it all wasn't there. I wish it was all gone. I mean, that's why I wear long sleeves, but it's hot yeah. in this building, you know? You get good money building fences? No, not really. I make I make about fourteen dollars an hour. I make exactly fourteen dollars an hour. <laughs> Why well, you start your own company? 
I mean, I don't have the money to start my own company. I only make $14 an hour. Take out a loan. Oh, God. Why are you talking to him like that? You're supposed to be helping him learn radio. He's trying to get me out of radio. He wants me me to take a hike. Diversify. (laughs) All right, Shelby, I'll look into a loan. Start my own fence company doing a job. Is it weird for you? You're older than Shelby. You've got more experience. Very. And yet this moron's in here supposedly being your supervisor. Yeah, he tells me what to do all the time. It is weird. Does it work? I mean, I try to do what he tells me to do, so... Does it work, Shelby? You ought to wring his fucking neck is what <laughs> you want to do. Up. I'd like to, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I get that urge. Yeah, go ahead and do it. Follow <laughs> the urge. It's fine. Follow the urge and choke him till his breath leaves. Um... I talked to Fez, his heart's broken at no one from Sirius sent him any flowers. Well, at this point, it, it happens like once every couple months. They should probably just put in like the 12th and 13th stents in there while they're at it. Do what I do. I got him on the Flower of the Month Club. So every month, they just have another one delivered to the hospital. Just in case. It's the same no, it room. isn't in case. It's definite. Smart. It's smart. You got that motherfucker's heart attacks with the full moon. Every time you hear a goddamn coyote mo- moan, his fucking heart explodes. Let me see if he tweeted me lately. Not tweet it. Text. Text. Yeah, tweet text. is what's caused this. Uh, Chris, why don't you um, push the a mess? Yeah, Dane Cook, happy next Wednesday, October 15th at 3 p.m. So all you got to do is go to the iBang, and they'll tell you how to get tickets to Dane Cook, unmasked, at Caroline's Comedy Club in New York City on Broadway. Also, the Easter egg, you can win MASH, signed by Alan Alda. All you have to do is go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand, or go to the SiriusXM app and listen to today's show, On Demand. Find the audio clue. That'll tell you how you can win MASH, signed by Alan Alda. It's weird because we're sitting here. The MASH is the thing tomorrow, and like we're talking about suicide. And that was the their theme song. Through early morning fog I see Visions of the things to be The pains that are withheld for me I realize and I can see That suicide is painless It brings on many changes and I can take or leave it if I please The game of life is hard to play I'm gonna lose it anyway Beautiful Well, I hate to say this, Peter Laurie, but it's time for us to start, you know Putting up the fences and, and in the show today all right, I get. Did you have a good one? I did. I th- I think I did. What did you learn today? I learned that I have to be more ambitious, mm-hmm. and I learned that I have got to know all the comedians and what's going on with them at all times, right off the top of my head, on the spot, mm-hmm. which is going to be tough. But I think I'm I think I'm up for it. Tough is what the game is all about. Absolutely. It's not easy doing that, but it's also not easy. Uh, and I'm just going to show you this picture of this woman. What's her name? Her name is uh, K- 
Cameron Esposito. Oh, we left the top up for he you did. to see. Thank you. Uh, that's all part of the fun. Cameron Esposito, and there's a big article on her and up on the iBang. She's actually pretty terrific, right? You a fan? I uh, love her. Good. Uh, yeah, you can go and read that up on the iBang. Mm-hmm. Anything else in the iBang we should be uh, plugging before we get out of here today, Chris? Just at a mass to get tickets. For Dane Cook next Wednesday, October 15th at 3 p.m. at Caroline's. Go to the Interrobang for more information right at the top. You going to be at that one? Uh, you, I hope so. I'd like to be. Have, have you been to any of the MS yet? Yeah, not not off-site, though. Only the ones here in the fishbowl. Which one did you see in the fishbowl? I saw Simon Pegg and Bill Hader. That's pretty cool. Oh, and I um, forgot her name. Come on. Uh-huh. And... Andrea Martin. There you go. <laughs> See that? If you slow yourself down, I want you to go up and see Fez at Lenox Hill Hospital. Okay? okay. I want you to take a pillow there. I want you to place it over his f- face and then put full pressure down. <laughs> I don't know if I can up. do that. You have it's you part of your internship. says, I don't know if I, I can. I, I, I mean, can't. Now you're asking me to, to smother somebody. It's so? a mercy killing, and we do that in radio, son. <laughs> this ain't defense business All right. where we let people suffer. You All get right. graded on how many mercy killings per semester you can fucking pull off. All right, I got this one. Clocks has three. He's ahead right now. I don't know about clocks. I actually have... Clocks is my number three intern right now. And Tide is Big Easy and Peter Laurie the Third. They're all the worst. <laughs> they're all number three. No, they're all th- those two are number one. Damn. Third is Clocks. For the first time ever, Peter Laurie the Third grabs a share of the lead. Big big jump in the power rankings. Sounds like all is right with the world. Like not think. first yet. That's that's when old things will. Wanna, I'm tied for first. Yeah, but you want to be first alone. Don't settle. I'm not Jesus. settling. You just did. I'm not. I'm going to go up to that hospital and smother Fez. So thank you. Perfect. Now we're talking. When I feel that that when I find out that happens, you're going to move into <laughs> number one all by yourself. <laughs> Thanks. I need, we have proof though. I'm just you, say you did it. You want me to like video it? Sure. Okay. Gotcha. All right, gang. That's it for us. And that's the end of my show. Donk. You know what you've been doing? You've been listening to the Ron and Fez show. It's now over. But don't worry. You can listen again and again on Sirius XM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand.